Hey everyone, welcome to Ultimate Awesomeness Universe Podcast. It's me, Steven, Laura, and my co-host Zach. So we bring you another episode. And hope you guys enjoy the show. So, I guess started with the news reports. Let's get right into it. Yeah. Okay, the, the first news report is... Uh, CW has their dates set up for their DC TV shows. Yeah. And they have they have Batwoman set on Sunday, October sixth. Is that no? It's yeah, it's over six six yeah eight p.m. I don't want the I know it's, the news article put six p.m. at eight p.m. That makes no sense. They made an error there. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, so it's October six at eight p.m. I think they meant to put six and they put p.m. afterwards. Like idiots. <laughs> And then Supergirl will begin right after at 9 p.m. And then they have The Flash at October 8th at 8 p.m. And then they have Riverdale October 9th at 8 p.m. And they have the final season of Arrow Tuesday, October 15th at 9 p.m. And they have Black Lightning at October 21st at 9 p.m. So... It's a lot of release dates, and huh? I'm a little bit annoyed because I said that's a lot of release dates. Yeah, I don't know why they don't release it all at one week. I just don't understand why is it sporadically like different weeks throughout the day. Yeah. Unless they filmed it. But like all the DC shows, these are the ones that I would care the least if got cancelled. They cancel the ones I actually care about. Meanwhile, they're giving Riverdale more seasons. <laughs> I haven't watched Riverdale because... Oh, don't. Oh, my friends like oh, love it, but... Oh, I watched, like, the first two seasons, and I've never been more depressed. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Because to me, I never really liked Archie that much. I think because nah, to me, um, Archie always felt like a soap opera to me. Like it's it's one guy. I mean, two girls going after one ugly dude, which never made sense to me. Yeah. The comic books is like that, and then I found uh, found out that <laughs> when the show was coming on, they made Archie attractive and it's like okay that makes a little bit more sense two guys out there an attractive guy that makes more sense people's like getting mad it's like i don't like it he they made him attractive he's not ugly anymore and i'm like that doesn't make any sense in the real world why would two girls go out to freaking one ugly guy that's right like that all <laughs> ugly guys <laughs> you have to make at least a little bit more realistic yeah and but it's yeah it's just a bad show and I just I just was just like very seriously too I was just sure is that what the show is going to be like I don't know and people have been telling me it's not like that because it's just 
there's actually some murder mystery thing going on. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten myself around to watch it, but I'll probably check it out someday. I, never even, I haven't even read the Archie comic books. I just know about them. And I read, like, yeah. one crossover, Batman 66, and that was okay. And then I also read another crossover with Harley Quinn and Ivy with Betty Veronica. That was a little fun, but it's not like it's the best thing ever that that's going to, like, yeah. make me want to pick up Archie. Because to me, Archie's just... There's nothing for... for is for me go go out there for it's it's just uh <laughs> it's just it's just comedy and romance i'm not really into that i more into like deep character stories and there is no characterization when it comes to archie <laughs> they become with the same story ideas for like fucking 20 years already it's just like i don't know how long archie's been going on but probably forever i just <laughs> well, I'm surprised the company's even still around, because it's like, how can you sell a, com- a comic like that for years? <laughs> With the same recycling stories over and over, I just, I can't get, get with it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know how I feel about Batwoman yet, because the trailer had some mixed feelings for me. I just hope yeah. it improves when it gets there. I've heard a lot of not good things about Batwoman. Exactly. I was excited for it, but then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how's it going to be for me. Her run in the, the new 52 is really good. Yeah. I do love her new 52 run. It was, it was great. It was fantastic. Which one are you... Which... Have you started reading the first one or the? Because I know they have relaunched it. Yeah. Because I know they relaunched it in Rebirth, and I did like that run too. Okay. Yeah. So I've been like the one I never read was uh in the pre fifty two they had like a they had like a run for of hers in Detective Comics, like the Detective Comics run was actually focusing only on Batwoman. I never read that one. Yeah, that was before the new 52. Okay. Yeah, I I haven't I never read it, so I don't know how good it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that Arrow's already ending this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've watched Arrow for a long time. I know <laughs> it has been long. <laughs> but I feel like they barely scratched the surface. I mean, there's yeah. so much they could have developed and they didn't get a chance to. I mean. What is it? Freaking Laurel became for the second time she became Black Canary. That that's good to me. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, I just and I didn't like last season that much. It started out good and then towards the middle and then the end it just it just erupted into garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like the second story arc, uh, season story arc. Another the, the second story arc of that s- seventh season it started going to s- a different direction and just ruined it. So I don't know. Yeah, Arrow's been pretty. Oh, I haven't seen it since like season three or four, but it 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 was pretty hit or miss for me. A lot of it. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't think 
I'm not sure they had a good direction for this show. As I noticed the other shows are more... Well, Flash is a bit more, I guess... A little more bit focused. A little bit more focused than Arrow. Yeah. And then Supergirl, I don't even know. That, that show is just... Ugh. I really hate the character Supergirl. Like, I like the supporting characters. I don't like the main character. And... Yeah, that's probably the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing against the actress. I know it's the way they've written the character. It's yeah. just really bad. It's just her political views on things. It's just... It gets me pissed off. Like... Dude, like, you to make America great again. I just hate the... Um, <laughs> I just hate her. No, I did want to be. So I haven't seen the show. I just hate her anti-gun views, and then her, and then, I mean, the anti-gun episode was terrible, and then the. Um, I feel like a lot of shows, they, when they try to push like a a political view into an episode, even if it's a sensible or one that you agree with, they make it really hand-fisted and. Yeah. Very on the nose, and it's just not done well, ever. I never liked the idea that Supergirl did not like that if anybody makes Kryptonian Krypton- um, weapons, that's wrong. And it's like, what happens if you turn evil? It obviously happened with Superman. Superman was fighting you at one freaking episode. So stop being so pissed. <laughs> oh my god. She just got me so mad. It's like the- she knows that Superman was in control of 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 one of Monel's um parents and he was I think it was Monel's parents. I'm not even sure I'm not sure it was I think because I know it happened in the first season I think was um with Supergirl one of her family members. They mind control Superman and she had to fight Superman her by herself and she ended up defeating him. And it's like Yeah Three seasons later, she gets mad at Lena for making a Kryptonian weapon. And I'm like, seriously? Your cousin was just mind control like three seasons ago. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> and then Superman complains about this too, not too long ago. And it's just like, oh god. Kryptonians really like to be like, have a problem with you making weapons that can actually destroy them when they have history of being mind controlled. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> they gotta humans gotta find ways to protect themselves shit yeah and so yeah i never liked the character supergirl she really gets me annoyed and she's not really written as the same way as in the comic books because i noticed supergirl is more mid uh, military kind of attitude in the comic books and she doesn't have that in the tv show she's just very political but i did like this season so I did like the direction they have for this season, so okay. I'm okay with Supergirl. It's the previous season was was just getting me aggravating, but this one was a little bit substantial. And I'm not sure Black Lightning. I did like Black Lightning, but I noticed the ratings are going a bit down, so I don't know if it can survive on its own. I'm surprised it's not part of the crossover. I think if they made it part of the crossover, ratings would go up a little bit. I'm surprised they gave another season. <laughs> but I do enjoy it. It's just that it feels weird that it's not part of the crossovers. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I feel like a lot of these shows just aren't good. Oh. Did Bruno <laughs> ever get his, his little goatee? Yeah, he does. 
Oh, all right. It's a good show then. I'll really just <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> he does get his beard on the later seasons because that was the one thing i hated the most he never had the goatee that's all i wanted man oh god <laughs> the goatee makes it a better show yeah, it does <laughs> it's like if the characters had the wrong hair color you gotta go crazy which i yeah, exactly. don't understand <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, anyway, DC's cancelling the wrong shows. They need to get their act together. <laughs> well, I noticed that DC Universe shows are better quality in terms of writing. Because I notice CW shows have more of a formula. Like, they have to follow like this soap opera kind of feel. Which comic books have been written like that for like kind of years ago so it kind of makes sense for um the tv shows to be that way in some sort of way but yeah um yeah i noticed the dc um the dc shows in the dc streaming app are written much more better i mean doom patrol is written is at least written much more better than cw shows I and my boyfriend thinks it's because there's no censorship, so they allowed to written better. And I was like, okay, yeah. I think I guess that makes I guess that makes sense. I don't I didn't I didn't know that you know censorship makes a difference <laughs> when it comes to shows. Maybe the studios would interfere a little bit then or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it is. The studio probably interferes. Like you have to write it like a soap opera. <laughs> and the whole romance thing gets a little annoying in the shows. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna just move on. Yeah. The next one is the next one I'm gonna be talking about is is Black Black Panther and the Age of Wakanda has is getting an ongoing series. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think this is kind of cool because when I was reading the Avengers, even though I don't like Avengers, written by Jason Aaron. They had a introduced a team of characters called Ages of Wakanda, and I thought it was an interesting team. I just wish it was written by Jason Aaron, but because he wasn't he wasn't good writing adventures, I dropped it and just didn't like it. But I always thought that the team was interesting because they had Black Pan- it has Black Panther, Oyeke. I always forget how how badly pronounce her name, Gorilla Man. Kazar and Wasps. So yeah, so it's pretty interesting to see that team, team, yeah, team up to make a, a eight like an agent is an agents team like Agents of Shield something like that. So I like to see this develop. I'm hoping that maybe Jason Aaron can write these. Oh no, it's not, not Jason Aaron that's writing this one. It's um Jim Zub that's that's writing this one, and. I haven't. I didn't like Jim's up until you started writing Champions, so I'm hoping that this will actually be good. So, and the art is Lam Medina, and I don't. The art looks alright to me. I have. I don't. I'm not that familiar with Lam Medina's um, art, so judging from the cover, it looks okay. I hope it starts out pretty good. I'm not sure it's gonna last that long because it has a whole bunch of 
D or C list characters, and usually those books don't last that long. And I think that's why they had to put Black Panther on the title just to yeah. give it sales. I don't know why the sell technique works. It's just it's stupid, but it's like oh, I'm gonna definitely buy the book because it's Black Panther on the title. Because it just it would just say Agents. <laughs> if it just said Agents of Wakanda, people would probably like less inclined to buy the book. But you put Black Panther on the name. All, all of a sudden it just sells it's like but he's on the front cover why you have to simply put his name but apparently you do it's a dumb sales strategy that never made sense for me <laughs> but most things that human beings are doing don't make don't make sense to me <laughs> so the next one is the next news is uh three issues uh um Based on the Axe of Evil storyline that's going to happen. It's with Ghost Spider. Uh, annual number one. Then it's, there's going to be a Moon Knight. Annual number one. And Wolverine. Annual number one. I, I don't know why I always have trouble saying that word. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I guess. There's going to be a storyline. Called Act of Evil. Where I guess. If, I don't know. It says it's modeled after a 1989 to 90s fan favorite storyline, Act of Vengeance. Wasn't reading comic books at that age. I mean, I was just a child. So, of course not. <laughs> and I guess they'd be fighting Moon Knight, Ghost Spider, and Wolverine in those books. It says kicking off this July, Venom, Eddie Brock, Miss Marvel, and Punisher were squaring off against ex Terrestrial Powers player... Power players, Lady Hellbender, the scroll, Super Scroll, and the Brood Queen, and is Deadpool versus Nightmare Plus, She-Hulk versus Bullseye the following month. And in this September, they have Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider, and Moon Knight and Wolverine fighting Arcade. Is it a, they gonna fight? Uh, the, uh, Ghost Spider is gonna fight Arcade's Arcade and Arcade's Wonder World, fighting Delhi's villains. Moon Knight is gonna. Battle against Avengers, Menace, Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, they're gonna fight Kang the Conqueror. I mean, Moon Knight's gonna fight Kang the Conqueror. Wolverine's gonna go up against Morgan Le Fay in the 1930s Hollywood. Okay, I don't know how that makes sense, but I'll see how that works. Yeah, I'll see what this Act of Evil storyline will be about, radically in the cost of different books. I'll see how that goes. So it'll be out by like June or July. I mean July. So I guess it's pretty soon. The next one is. The next news I'm going up to is. Batman Dan- Damned Funko Pop figure. And it looks like a nice action, um, Funko Pop figure. Um, I have a friend that. had um, That collects. He's a. He's a he loves collecting Funko Pops. It's like his. Favorite thing. He has like like over hundreds of fungal pops in his house and it's just <laughs> yeah he really is into it and i only have like a few I only have like 10 yeah i've, I've got like two <laughs> and both of them were gifts <laughs> well my boyfriend didn't like them at first and then he, 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 yeah, he, well, he got some as gifts and he, um, started putting him in his office. He's like, oh, now I like it. Now I get the idea. I was like, 
I think that was the idea. Is I think it's supposed to be like an office, a way to decorate your office, and now he likes them. I think he didn't like them because they were too cute. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the weird. I don't know. They're not for me. <laughs> They're not for you either. Yeah. And people were making jokes because in the Batman damn book, Batman was naked and you could see his penis. People, so people was like, even in me, I said that we should get the uncensored version with his penis on there. <laughs> I'll be down for that. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would not. Oh, I thought you would. I thought was it sure to be sarcastic or not? <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty funny to just like, if you had heaps of fun pop and had like a whole wall of them, and then. Just maybe, like, you have hundreds of people who come to your house and one person notices that in this group of, like, 100 Funko Pops, there's just a naked Batman in, in the corner. Just chilling there. <laughs> that would be epic. It's just so funny how the when that book came out, like, that was the most biggest thing in that book. And it's just like, you know, you guys could talk about other things other than his cock. And it was just... <laughs> It was in the one of the. Even though I didn't like the book, it was kind of boring. And I think maybe that's why people were just talking about his dick, because the story is not even that interesting. So it's just so funny. <laughs> it was mentioning like people were making fun of it in their Tonight shows. Like I forgot which Tonight show. I think it was Seth Meyers, but yeah, they were just can't stop talking about. Batman's cock. It's like it's like their first time they ever saw they ever saw a penis before, but maybe it was because it was the first time they ever saw Batman's penis. <laughs> so I guess people were going crazy about it. Okay, the next one is uh, is another toy collection. It's with yeah a few toy collections that's coming out, and they have. Azriel, um, his his um, co- um, his mass is a bust. Um, then they have uh, a Harley and Ivy Quinn statue. No, no, yeah, Harley and Ivy Quinn statue there, which they're like I guess touching each other. And then they have Ivy, um, not Ivy. They have a Harley Qu- Quinn statue that's black and white. Well, black, red, and white. And then they have a Batgirl statue. I know she has like a bat holding on to her cape. Yeah, she just holding like a bat magnifying glass. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Which is kind of weird and unpractical. I don't know how that would work, but I think they just did it for design. It's just a statue, so I'm not going to take it too seriously. But yeah, the, these statues look uh, well, good. Probably the one I'd actually get. Really? <laughs> I think so. The Harley and Poison Ivy one's a little bit... That's a little bit too risque for me. I know, but I... 
I, s- I think I could have that sitting like on my desk confidently. Yeah, and it's for those people who like the idea of having Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn together, which I was never, I was never a big fan of it. But I know there's people that like it because to me, I always saw them as best friends, not not a couple. Yeah, and I like the idea the 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 idea of Harley Quinn's like fascination with Joker. And- oh. <laughs> I like it with that she was more on. I think that's interesting for a character. I don't oh. Think it's a good thing, but I think I think it's interesting to explore. Yeah, I did like it, but now that has his run, I I I like her more like fighting against the Joker and defending herself and being more, I guess, a positive role model. <laughs> that you know she's overcome. I like the evolution to get there. Yeah, I like the evolution of that. Yeah, that's probably the best way to say that. But no, I think I like the Batgirl one the most. It's a bit, I don't know. Funny? <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's a bit goofy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's funny how the cute little bat is holding on to her cape. Yeah, I like that. And... <laughs> I can't get over that magnifying glass. That's hilarious. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. It's like the little details I get people. <laughs> it's just it's just the stupidest thing in the world. Maybe that's what they're trying to get you. They put the most stupidest thing in the world. Exactly what they put in like the 60s TV show. They put the most stupidest thing in the world just to grab your attention. <laughs> I love it. And the Azrael thing looks okay. It looks kind of weird, but... Yeah. I think his mask always looks weird. It's the 90s look. And then the Harley Quinn one with the red and black and white is alright. Yeah. Nothing's too crazy. So, yeah. That's it for those collectibles. Um, so, the next one is... Is Jim Lee is drawing many heroes for San Diego Comic Con. So he drew a, a poster, a whole bunch of characters together. It's like it has the Ninja Turtles, uh, which is only Leonardo and Michelangelo on the on the picture. And then they have uh, Superman, Spider-Man, Spawn, Captain Marvel, Batman, Hellboy, Wonder Woman, Black Panther. And they have Michonne from Walking Dead. I think that's pretty much it. I think they have Killer Croc all the way in the back. So freaking tiny. Oh wait, I noticed they have Donatello. He's just covered by the Comic-Con thing there. But Is that Killer Croc or is that just another Ninja Turtle? I think it's another Ninja Turtle. It's just that why... I don't know why... If you're gonna make a poster, don't make the characters so small that you can barely see who they are in the yeah. background. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, that's another Ninja Turtle. I think. Yeah. For sure. It's like so tiny, and they're all the way in the back. It's like, why did they put them there? Why couldn't they just put them in a little bit more to the front? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, art direction. But yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I do like the art, though, at least. It's Jim Lee, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, he's always... Yeah, he's always he's good. Do something awesome. Yeah. So that's a nice poster for Comic-Con. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised he's drawing those characters because uh, he works for DC, and I didn't think that... Uh, I think San Diego Comic-Con would tell him to draw a picture like that with those characters. But yeah. that's interesting. Uh, and then there's a new showrunner for Why the Last Man TV show that's coming up because they have fired the they fired the other 
they fired the other showrunners that they were going to write the show. And I'm not sure if... Because they said that the new showrunner is Eliza Clark. And I thought the idea... I thought they weren't going to do it on FX anymore. I thought they were going to find another network to produce the show. But it seems like they're going to... They're going to... They decide just to replace the showrunner. So, yes, I guess... Why the Last Man is still gonna be on FX, and I really don't like the the title for a series because they just put Y on it, and it's just yeah. I don't understand. I, I like are they trying to sound progressive and just like get rid of the the man? Because people, uh, this is getting me annoyed. The people are just having problems with having man on the title because it's like it's, a, it's such an outdated term. Like the man. <laughs> Like, people were like, I remember when X-Men came out, and since that didn't do so well, people were, like, saying, oh, maybe it didn't do so well, Axel so Like, maybe it didn't do so well because the title is outdated, X-Men. You know, we yeah, we always... There is a scene. There is a scene in that movie where Jennifer Lawrence turns to... Oh, my God. Is a, they even talk about that? called X-Women. <laughs> no, just stop. It's just, like, the reason why it was called x People are forgetting that men is a gender-neutral term. Did they ever looked in the dictionary? <laughs> when they meant men, is men... For like mankind. Yes, mankind or human. Like, yeah. and even the word woman has man in it. Or men. Exactly. <laughs> woman, come on, like, get it, get your shit together, people. It's like, people are so offended by the word man. It just gets me so, it's stupid. You're all stupid people if you think that man is such an offending word. And it's just... <laughs> people don't realize it's just a, it's a word as... The, is... Dude, Neil Armstrong, he was just a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> giant leap for mankind. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here. Small step for woman. I don't think they meant like they meant first man the moon like first human in the moon on the moon. I think that's what they meant specifically. But, but yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just a stupid thing to get mad about. Yeah, and it's just like who the fuck cares? And the thing is, the story makes sense. I found out the stories about the world's in like extinction and. He is the last man on the planet, and he has to make civilization. He's trying to make humans not extinct anymore, so he has to find women to have sex with and make humans not extinct. So he is the most important character of the story. It makes sense to say he's the last man. So why take it out of freaking title if it serves a story purpose? Get over it, people. Man, the word man is on the title. Yeah, and I remember there was one interview for Men in Black and the actress who plays uh Valkyrie. Yeah. She was like, Oh, I think that the the title Men in Black is such an outdated term. I think we I was thinking of maybe we should come up with uh people in black and uh, and and <laughs> humans in black and I'm like, oh God. You're offended by the and what it's so contradicting because it's like it's she says men men in black is a is an outdated term but she says when she says humans in black the word man is on human and she doesn't even think of that it just passes through her head and it's just like so I 
I I love the actress, but she's just not thinking straight, and she's trying to. I don't like him when celebrities try to sound progressive, because now they just sound stupid when they say certain things. <laughs> but yeah, I just. I I thought it would be enjoyable because I do love Thor and Rockery together. Those. Yeah. And it was. Their they, they chemistry was the best thing about that movie. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I wanted to see it, and I haven't got the chance I to. Saw it. Oh, I did saw you... it. how was it for you? Mm, it was, it was just average. It was an average nothing movie. Oh, that sucks. The between, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson was the best thing about the whole movie. Oh. And I, I thought it was just going to be a bit of fun. Yeah. That's all I wanted. It was a little bit, but it was. Riding was just awful, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like bad enough to laugh and have fun with it. Yeah, it was just very middle of the road average movie. So, oh, because I, I like the trailer. I liked the trailer, so I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. I mean, maybe you'll like it, because I was the only person in the group that didn't really like it. Everyone else. No. It's, it's, I noticed it did okay in the box office, so Nick had just passed his budget last week, so well, I'm not I mean, sure. I hope it does well. I'll be down to see a sequel. Yeah, they, yeah and hopefully they can learn how to maybe make it better for people who didn't like it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think I think the director is really good. Oh. And, uh, it, it's it's like nothing like his other movies. Mhm. So I think there was a bit of studio. Oh. Studio nonsense going on. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me the name of the actress Tessa Thompson. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really good with I'm good with actors' names and actresses' names. Not good with people's names that I know. Oh. <laughs> I can understand that. I get bad with that too. <laughs> All right, so I never read the Last Man book. I, I mean, why the Last Man is it's pretty. I heard interesting things about it, so I have to check it out someday. Now that, now that they're making a TV show out of it, so I'll check it out hopefully soon. And the next one is a uh, first look at Sedenia as. MJ with red hair for Spider-Man Far From Home. Not sure she did this just for the Instagram post because people were saying that. I feel like it might be because she does not have red hair in the trailers. I know. I noticed that. She doesn't have red hair. For... Unless, unless they do like a second take like at the end of the first movie they're like by the way guys it's MJ and we're like <laughs> well it's not her name is Michelle. It's <laughs> MJ. <laughs> And in the second movie, they'll be like, she's got red hair. <laughs> I think maybe the attention is probably that she is MJ, but they just call her, Mich- I mean, Michelle Jones, which is, is I think, I think she's supposed to be like a, a fusion of the both, the two characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I don't really care. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really don't care about, people are like really so mad about, like if, if she's supposed to be the MJ character, people are like so mad that like, oh, you have a a, a black mean, woman as MJ. How dare you? But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Cool. I the is, thing that annoys me is they're like, hey, it's MJ, and Kevin Feige is like, it's not actually MJ. That's just a tease for the fans. Now they're like, nah, it's definitely MJ. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, they call her MJ in the movie, so. 
are you making her MJ or are you not? Make up your mind, Marvel. Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, why didn't I just just call her Mary Jane? Yeah, why didn't you just call her Mary Jane? That's it. <laughs> why they like, just go all out with either one thing or the other. Don't lie. Yeah, don't hesitate with it. It just sounds pretty dumb that they're hesitating for it. Yeah. I think they're only hesitating because they see fans are getting pissed. I mean, some fans are getting pissed off that, you know, you're making MJ into a black character. But it's like, it's a different universe. It's not the comic book universe. And her race is different it's there. They do a character, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And to me, race never matters when it comes to a character. Unless it's like Black Panther. I think it's rare that it... Yeah, like Black Panther makes sense. I think it sort of makes sense for, like, I guess Batman to be white because his family's meant to have been in Gotham for so long. And, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it makes sense for certain characters. But then, yeah, but then characters like MJ, it's like, well, yeah. shut up. <laughs> get over shut up, shut Get up. over it. <laughs> okay, the next one is uh, Avengers Endgame is getting some extra footage, I think. I'm not sure if we extend the cut or extra footage. Um, I read that it was, like, just post-credit scenes. Yeah. That's what I heard is just post-credit scenes, and I'm not sure. If it's just post-credit scenes, I'm not sure I'm going to go to the movie theater just to see that again. No, I don't think I would. Yeah. An extended cut. Yeah, if it was a standard cut, I would definitely go see it. But if it's just, uh, if it's just, like, they're definitely doing this because they're like, well, our run just ended. We're fifty million dollars short of Avatar. Let's re-release. Yeah. That's all it is. They just want to be number one. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They just want to beat Avatar's score and just. Yeah. I just wonder what the hell. Does that matter? <laughs> huh? It's it's like, does that matter though? Just. <laughs> <you're> doing <laughs> I guess that that record breaking is does matter. They want the comic books to put a put a stamp on it that they beat the they beat Avatar finally because that record has been holding on for so many years. It's about time it gets goes down. <laughs> I, I, I think they just automatically beat Avatar anyway because no one cares about Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> People actually care about MJ. <laughs> they care about MJ. You said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. They have a, they have a lot more passion for yep. anything to do with Marvel than, than who plays Jake Sully or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> who is excited for the next four Avatar movies that make back? Yeah, that James Cameron's taking forever to make. He says, oh, I'm gonna make sequels and this, like, is it come out this year? Does it come out this year? Oh, next year. Next, then the next year again. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know if they're ever coming out because James Cameron takes forever to make a movie. I noticed that with him. He does. But he does normally make a good movie, though, to be fair. Yeah, he does make some good movies. I mean, I'm not sure if I like Titanic still because. Yeah, I've just avoided Titanic. It just seems bad. <laughs> I saw Titanic, but I saw it when I was a teenager, and I enjoyed it when I was a teenager. But I'm not sure if now, growing up, if I try to watch it again, if it's still good. Because I'm not sure if nostalgia blind me. It's like maybe everything's awesome when you're eight years old, but when you grow up and watch it again, it's not as great as you thought it was. But yeah, I just, uh, yeah, don't... (laughs) 
<laughs> and I remember James Cameron was hating that superheroes were like beating his box office records, and then he got over it and like congratulated Marvel yeah. beating Titanic. And it's like because for the longest time he was hating that superheroes were the thing. And like I, me and my wife was thinking, yeah, he's just mad because they're gonna reach his um bre- uh, record breaking eventually. And look at that, they did. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. So yeah, I noticed Avengers Endgame only has to make a few dollars, like because it's two it's two million seven hundred forty-five dollars behind, uh, and then Avatar is seven hundred eighty-eight. So it's just like don't need a few more dollars just to beat the record. <laughs> so they're gonna get they, there. They've made that much money off of it. Surely, if they want it that bad, they can just be like, well, let's just spend fifty million dollars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just to beat the record. Yeah, they get most of that money back anyway. <laughs> yeah, they made they've been made profit a long time ago. They're just making extra money here, and I think this will help Disney make a whole bunch of Marvel movies and more Star Wars movies and more more Disney live action movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I don't really care about Disney live action movies. I never care about the Disney cart. Um, well, I've never seen any of the cartoons, but I've seen a couple of the live action ones. Just, I don't know why, but I have. Don't ask why. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I have. I, know what's going on. I saw the cartoons when I was a little kid, but I got a, I was never a huge fan. Like, oh my god, is Disney is the best thing ever because. To me, those stories were so subpar and average. The only ones I, the only one I maybe did like a lot was Lion King, but okay. the Disney cartoon movies, the animated movies weren't the best thing in the world. I've seen better movies than that. They were just like average fairy tale stories to me. I don't think they were anything spectacular. But people look at things like things that they saw when they were eight years old, like nostalgia really blinds people. I. I think that's what it's just a nostalgic fast factor and people are just Disney is using it as a marketing tool like other companies are doing just to make more money out of it. <laughs> and I'm making live action versions and my friend h- hates that they're making live action versions of these movies. But I'm like, well, the live action Beauty and the Beast made tons of money, so of course it's gonna make more. <laughs> I don't think Aladdin will do Oh, I can look at the numbers. Has Eleven done well? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know if it did well. I hope not. <laughs> what, because the, the genie didn't look all that great? Uh, I, I saw the movie. I, oh, you I saw it? Know. I've seen it, yeah. I haven't seen the original Eleven. Oh. I've got nothing to compare it to. I just like the friends were going, and I was like, and they were I guess. <laughs> Oh, so you've been the nice guy you are that you just said she would do us too. I was like, I'll come along. And we sat there just making fun of it the whole time. <laughs> so it was actually kind of fun, but... Okay. No good. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I thought Will Smith as Jenny was going to be the worst thing. Oh. Actually the best thing. Oh, wow. So... I don't know how, but it was probably my favorite thing. So I guess there's no point in complaining about it, talking about it like this. <laughs> well, it made $742.3 million in the box office. So they're going to do another one. 
Yeah. You see, that's why they make this. That's why I keep telling my friend that the reason why they keep making these is because these make money. Is yeah. they? You might not like them, but people do. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it's gonna. I guess it's gonna be more live action Disney movies. And I wonder. Well, to go back to Avengers, I wonder what's gonna be in that post. What's gonna be the post credit scene in that? Yeah, apparently the Spider-Man one is pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like if Spider-Man's like a big reveal, then the Avengers post credit scenes are gonna be like nothing. Like, yeah. It's just gonna be like maybe there's a little bit of Captain America returning some of the stones, or him just chilling there as an old man or something. Yeah, and I think when this when this um, post credit scene gets released. I'm just gonna type it on YouTube and see what yeah. the <laughs> what the post credit scene is. So I'm gonna waste my money again just to see the movie. So like thirty bucks and four hours of your life. Yes. It doesn't be in low budget quality on YouTube, and then yeah, it's well, like. I'm, I'm, for that long since Avengers came out, it's probably gonna be on Blu-ray soon. I can just wait until it's on Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Even though I heard they're gonna put uh, was they was gonna put Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame on Disney Plus. Oh, that's going to Disney Plus straight away. Yeah. Well then, I'll just wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it comes out internationally. Oh, it, it better. <laughs> Unless it's gonna be like the DC Universe streaming service. I'm gonna have to resort to to pirating things like like it's 2005 still. <laughs> that's why you say Australia sucks. <laughs> that's that's the that's just the one that's the only thing that I don't like about it. Put up with spiders and shit trying to kill me all the time. Just give me the decent streaming service. I want to watch something. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So next news. Next news. Next one is Sana Lanta. as going to be Catwoman in the Harley Quinn animated series for the DC streaming service. You see, we just we were just talking about that. And <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be she's gonna be. Catwoman in there. I really don't know much about this actress. No, I don't think I've heard any of her voice work. Yeah, I never even know. I don't know much about her. I ain't gonna check her IMDb. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to this cartoon because I saw it, the trailer for it, like last year. I think it was last year, and it seemed pretty interesting. Even though it was just like a fourth wall breaking trailer because the character was talking to the screen. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't really showing actual footage of episodes of the actual animated series. But I'm just interested in it because it looks like it's going to take the example of the Harley Quinn comic series where Harley Quinn decides to break up, I mean, break up with the Joker and doesn't want to be with him and she becomes a hero and like an anti-hero and she she fights in Coney Island 
I always liked that series, and I don't like it now because I don't like the current writer, Sam Humphreys. I don't like the way he writes the series, but I did like it when Jimmy Palmati was writing the comic series, and apparently the animated series will be based off of that, which is I find pretty interesting. So it's going to be like the evolution of Harley Quinn no longer being with the Joker. I hope it's going to be pretty good. And apparently I looked up her um, her IMDb and she was in that crappy Alien vs. Predator movie. She was. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> and like, oh, now, I, now I recognize her. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched that movie out of shape yeah, that movie was just terrible, and they made a sequel to it, and it's like, why? <laughs> and then my my boyfriend saw both of them, and he said they were both terrible. He's like, it's like, well, the first one wasn't good. Why did you see the second one? <laughs> yeah, but, I remember I went to see the second one in cinemas. Yeah, my boyfriend was just hoping for it to be good. Like he was. He was just because he likes the concept of aliens going against the predators, which I like too, and and he liked I mean, the <laughs> video game. They fuck it up every time. Yeah, they fuck it up every time. It's like why they can't get a decent writer just to do the movie so well. I just don't get it. It's a good concept, but they just don't know how to execute it. Stop putting people in. That's that's half their problem. Oh. <laughs> like awful characters in there. It's like. Just give us, like, one good human character and just give me a lot of aliens and predators killing each other. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's the only movie I'm really familiar with her with. Yeah, I see the list of movies she has here, but I've never seen any of the things or even the TV shows that she's been on. And she did, she did voice work for the Clemens show, so... I think that's her voice acting experience there. Because yeah, everything else is live action. And then the rest... The rest is... um Yeah, the rest is live action TV shows and movies. And she only has like... She only has one, like two animated voice work. Which was... uh was a Cleveland show and Family Guy. That's about it. Yeah, that's not a great resume. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> 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 my boyfriend's only that watches Family Guy. I used to watch Family Guy, but then I got busy with life and didn't didn't watch it anymore. And yeah. I haven't gotten. I, think I've I, think I've enjo- I don't think I've enjoyed watching Family Guy since I was like twelve. I like it. I mean. To me, it's all stupid humor, so I like when their characters act stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I watched South Park for that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, South Park is, like, the best comedy um, animated series. It's so fucking dumb, but, God, it's so funny sometimes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I love, I love South Park. It's so funny. I still watch that. Like, I've been watching that religiously. And Family Guy, I had to catch on to it. My boyfriend watches it. And, and his cousin watches... And he just loves Seth MacFarlane's uh, comedy shows. And he likes all those... He likes Family Guy and... 
and American Dad and the Cleveland Show. It's just like he watches all of them. Dad, I hate. I cannot stand American Dad. Really? <laughs> yeah, I hate it. What? What is it? Family Guy's not. I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's funny. Oh. Okay. Resonate with me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I saw a few American Dad episodes, but I haven't actually got into it. Like watching. Yeah. Religiously, I might check them out again. Family Guy's better than American Dad for sure. Oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. she. I noticed she plays uh, Cleveland's wife in the in Family Guy and the Cleveland Show. That's why she's on there. So I guess that's all. I don't know. That's. That apparently is the only voice acting resume, so I hope she does good as Catwoman. <laughs> I mean, she probably will. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. The next news is uh, Kingsman 3 gets, gets finally gets the movie title. It's going to be called Kingsman The Great Game. And it's, yeah. it's going to be a prequel movie, so, which is going to be like the origins of the Kingsman. So. Do, you, do you really care about the origins of the Kingsman? I do. I want. I would like to see how it all started. Like, like to see how his. I think it was his. Uh, his father is it that started the company. I don't know, but my memory is really. Huh? You said the movie's garbage. No, no, no. So it's either his dad or his grandpa. Something. Oh. <laughs> okay. The second one is garbage though. Oh, the first one's great. I like the second one. Come on, Elton John. Let's get it. Yeah, okay. The Elton, Elton John was fucking. Amazing. That was. Hilarious. I like the I like the second one. It's just because to me the second one was like more out there. It was like. Yeah. It was more a comedy centered thing. No, I actually saw the second one first. Oh. Um. And I liked it the first time I saw it in cinema. And then I went and watched the first one. I'm like, hang on, this first one's incredible. No. And I rewatched the second one, and I was like, okay, this is this is a this is the chore to get through. Oh, okay. Fan the second time. <laughs> oh. I like I like the second one more than the first one. I like the first one. At least they're better than them in comic books. I never liked this the. The yeah. Secret Service comic books, they were pretty bad. Yeah. And the movies are much better. The first one better. Mark Hamill, man. Yeah, the first one has Mark Hamill. <laughs> He's actually in the comic book, too. That's yeah. a funny thing. They, they actually did that. Yeah. Because his character... I mean, Mark Hamill himself is yeah. in the comic book. And they decided to put him in the movie, too. So, that was pretty interesting. So, um... Yeah, I like I liked the Kingsman movies and I liked them so much more than the comic books. Yeah. So, cuz um the comic books really never really dived into the character. It was just they just told the story and that was it. They really did any they re- they didn't and the, the I know the movies were more into the character like Eggie they was they had discussed more about him in the movie than the comic book did and they did talk more about the Kingsman um secret agent service they had more story than the actual comic book and 
and I always found that the comic, even though the movie is better written than the comic books, and I, and I, I know people think that that because I there's certain movies that I like the X Men movies that I get mad they're not based on the comic books, and it's like oh you just want everything to follow the source material. It's like not necessarily. It depends. If the source material like the original comic book sucks. It's okay to not follow it. If the if the comic books are great and they don't follow it, then then I'm not gonna like the movie. That's what how it goes for me. So yeah. <laughs> or if you are gonna change it, at least do something that's equally as great. Yeah, that's what I go for. Okay, the next one is Alpha Flight is getting a one shot and it's gonna have a whole bunch of writers. Alpha Flight True North is getting is this this could be called. It's gonna have a whole bunch of Canadian writers and artists. It's gonna have Jim Zub, Jeb McKay, Ed Bryson, Max Dunbar, Debril, I don't I don't know how to pronounce that. Morissette Pan, Scott Hepburn, and then Nick Bradshaw as a cover artist. It really is no description on what the series is gonna be about, but um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they say it's gonna be it's gonna be three stories in one issues, and it's gonna have a whole bunch of writers and artists. So I'm not sure it's gonna be good. I'm hoping it's gonna be good, but I guess you'll see. I would like to see the Alpha Flight team up once again. I mean, I know they were in the Captain Marvel series, but they're like on a they're like as a space team, which is kind of weird because that's not what they were. They kind of took them out of the elements for Captain Marvel. Like, I like that they're in Captain Marvel, but I'm not sure I like the idea of them being a space team. Because they're more fighting, like, um, they're more like an X-Men kind of thing. Yeah. And they were always fighting, like, X-Men characters. I noticed that's what I think the book is going to be based on. This will be them fighting in Canada, which is a Canadian-based team. So... I can at least be somewhat exci- more excited about it. So I'll see how it goes. Yeah. Apparently it's to celebrate the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA championship. We're bringing back the greatest of the White North um, Canadian super team off of flight. What does that have to do with basketball? I don't... <laughs> okay. I don't think that makes any sense of what that person said. Chris Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me that you're gonna bring back Alpha Flight because the basketball team won the championship. I don't think that's more of a reason for a comic book to come out. I don't think the comic book has anything to do with. I don't think Alpha Flight has anything to do with basketball. That was just weird. <laughs> okay, the next one is Marvel Studios confirmed they had talks with. Uh, Kevin Feige, but they're waiting for the right project for him, so we don't know what they have plans for him, but they have been talking to him for quite a while, they said. So, um, I... Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about that. Cause I love to know. I heard that he was... I'm not sure was back then they, they were talking to him for Eternals, so I don't know if they cast... Excuse me, I'm not sure they... I'm not sure they casted him for that. I hope they did. I've heard uh, rumors saying maybe he'll be Adam Warlock in the next Guardian. 
Yeah, it says it there too. That there's a rumor there, and I like to see him as Adam Warlock as well. But yeah, and then the writer Venom did mention that he want he would like it would be cool if they have him as Shang Chi, but I'm not sure that would be a good idea. I can't see him as Shang Chi. <laughs> like he has said before that he he blocked it by Wolverine, but that. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, no. You can't see it. <laughs> well, I mean, because he is Canadian, so. Look, I'd I'd be down for it. I think he's, I think he'd be the best person to take over after Hugh Jackman, Australia's own Hugh Jackman. <laughs> uh, but, and I know he's immortal and everything, but I don't know how long he'd be able to do Wolverine for. Yeah. Wolverine is meant to be absolutely shredded. I don't know if Keanu really does that. He's more lean, you know. Well, he does get shredded when he's John Wick. I saw the first. I saw all three movies, and he gets beat the fuck up there. That's true. <laughs> Especially the third one, he gets really. Oh my god, that movie. The third one is like the most brutalist one. And oh, it's just... I love the third one. The first like couple fight scenes in that are incredible. Yeah. The throwing knife scene is maybe my favorite fight scene ever. It's so much fun. Yeah. The um yeah I think because I did like the the building at the end for the third one with the uh, yeah. the mirror or like the glass yeah. building. Yeah, that fighting scene was like the best for me. Okay. Yeah, I like the ending one. It was like so brutal there, that fighting scene. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I really did enjoy that movie. So I like to see him in in a Marvel movie. So that'll be pretty interesting to see him in there. And all pe- people are excited for him being cyberpunk. I mean, that got me excited too. <laughs> oh yeah. At E3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was already excited for that game. I cannot wait for it. Yeah, he's in that Netflix movie. I want to see it. We, me and my boyfriend said we got a chance to see it. That romance movie. That maybe thing. Yeah, so... I can't I can't wait to see what's going to be... I'm not sure if he's going to be a character... What char- they cast him or not. But I'm hoping they do someday. So the next news is... Marvel Comics 1001. Is co- they're going to continue to print the... Marvel Comics one number one thousand. They're gonna make a, another issue, so I'm not sure it's gonna be an ongoing thing, so because they're making two issues of this thing already, and it's gonna have this the one thousand one is gonna have a bunch of, it's gonna include Al Ewing, Nick Spencer, G Willow Wilson, Scott Erkman, ACO, Brian Posman. Howard Chaykin, Vita Alata, Roberto Ramos, uh, Audrey Loeb, Dario Brazella, Anna Neocenti, Kim Gisonito, Jim Palmati, Amanda Connor, Delican Selvi, Korea Andrews, Amy Ryder, Nacho Puchos, Frank Terry, Dan Pensola, I mean Pensolian, whatever, Andre Lima, Juro, Bill. Morrison, Trina Roberts, and Mark Guggenheim, and Rod Regis is on the cover. Re- yeah, Regis. But 
Yeah, that's a lot of people working on this book. Jesus Christ. How <laughs> how many pages is this going to be? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of... It says unspecified page count, so... I don't know, but... I really don't... Because I, I know Marvel's purpose of doing this, because they said that all oh, Detective Comics and Action Comics 1000 sold so much money. Let's make our own Marvel Comics 1000. But I'm like, it's not really in a thousand issues. So I'm not sure you're going to make as much money as Action Comics 1000. Or... Yeah, cause they just put this number on the, the, the... They just slapped the number on the Marvel Comics book and just... <laughs> it's not really that thousand issues. So it's like, okay, what's the point then? So they're just trying to make their easy money. Because I know... I don't know why collectors still do this. It's like, when there's a number one of a comic book that comes out, it just sells like crazy. But then when it's like an issue two or three, it doesn't even sell that well as number one. And they think that, oh, number one is going to make it sell. And it's like, no. Maybe back then it made money, but new comic book issues is number one. No one cares. I don't know why is that still a thing. People are just dumb and don't know what actually makes money for comic books anymore. <laughs> it's always so dumb with the number one trend. Like I understand why comic books would do it just to like it's a restart of a storyline. That's where it's a jumping on point for people for new comic fans to read. But as a collector's thing, I don't understand it. It's pretty dumb. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how this is, I, I guess. It says the issue contains the story of an attorney mask, and it's where it began August 28th. So I guess both the mask and the owner remains mysterious. So I guess you'll find out what this whole attorney thing is. Yeah. But I do notice that a lot of creators there. There's some I don't know, but I do recognize a few of them. Okay, the next one is... Spider-Man going big number one. Spider-Man. Yeah, that one is gonna be one shot with with classic Spider-Man creators Eric Larson, Jerry Conway, and Mark Bailey. It's gonna start coming out September, and there's not much details on what the story is gonna be about, so I don't know. I'm not sure it's gonna be interesting. I mean, Jerry Conway. I've read recent Spider-Man issues of his and I didn't like them, so... It's more of a nostalgic marketing thing again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I know he wrote classic stories of Spider-Man and I think people love him a lot. But I haven't read classic Spider-Man stories, so I have nothing to go based off of. So, I'm not sure. Really looking forward to this, but it's out. It's going to be out there. So I guess that's okay. So the next one is J.J. Abrams and his son is making a Spider-Man miniseries. This was the, was the big countdown that everyone was going crazy for. And it turns out... I was wondering what this teaser was going to be. And it ended up being something not so... I mean, it was, ex, it was not exciting what I thought was... What I was wondering was it going to be. But I, want, I would like to read it to see how J.J. Abrams actually writes the comic book. So... Yeah, and his son is going to be a part of it. And notice his son his son is pretty young, so I'll see how this works out. <laughs> Henry Abrams, so. And it'll be joined by Sarah Pagelli, which I do like the artist, and color by Dave Stewart. And then uh, the covers will be 
Oliver Coppell and Stewart. And they do have the cover here. Seems okay there. I don't know. The cover doesn't look that good, but I do like the art. I like Sarah Pacelli's art and other books. I don't know. It's not doing so good there. Unless that's one by Oliver Coppell, but it doesn't look that good either way. But I'm excited for this to see what the book is going to be like and yeah. see how it goes. And I do have some funny jokes to say because people were like, when the teaser was coming up, like the, the countdown, people thought it would be a Spider-Man 4 comic from Tobey Maguire. And I was, I was like thinking it was not going to be that because it's like, <laughs> it said Marvel Comics on the thing. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be something comic book related. Yeah. I was just hoping they was going to erase one more day. Like they were going to have Peter Parker and Mary Jane getting married again. And apparently it's not that, I guess. <laughs> Even though we don't know the story details of what this book is going to be about. So yeah. I guess I'll see what it is. And I did have some funny jokes. It's like the, since people thought that Spider-Man 4 was a B, the, the, the idea, the, the count. Of the countdown. I was thinking maybe when they had to like number three, I was making a joke in my head. It's like, oh, maybe this will be Amazing Spider-Man three from Sony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then when number two came around, I was like, oh, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse two. <laughs> so I was making jokes of like what people were thinking that you know Spider-Man four movie was coming and end up being a comic book. It was just so funny how people were thinking of that. The next one is Pre-Deadly series is returning this fall with uh this is about the rats. And this one I'm I'm anxious to what is it gonna be even though cause the thing is in in Combo Club I we read Pretty Deadly for for a month and I only read we only read the first volume and it was okay. It was an interesting concept, but it was just barely scratching the surface, and I wanted to know more about it. And I only found out there was only two volumes, and they were like never. They haven't been working on third one for years, and now I'm glad that they actually started working back on it, so I could know more about it. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I want to talk about this one a little bit. And Spider is Kelly Sutonic, and the artist is Emma Rios. So yeah. I'm excited to see what this new story is going to be about. I'm excited for it. I guess I get to know more about the rat character. I just hope it's something more interesting. So I'm hoping it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to tell my friends that from my, I mean, from the combo club that I go to that they're going to make a, a volume three <laughs> series. And they gonna, I think they're going to be excited because they notice it's like the Kelly Sutonic and Emma Rios, they stopped working on it for like three to four years and it's like now it's when they come back to it so they were kind of disappointed it's only volume one and two now they i think they're gonna be happy when there's more stories that's coming out for it so that's exciting the next one is shuri the writer for shuri has left the book and she says it hasn't been canceled but i think it's canceled (laughs) because the book has not have it hasn't had because I looked at the solicitations and apparently the series has not been solicited since July it's number 10 issue. So there's no August issue. There's no September issue. And I never liked it. I didn't like the Shuri series. I, I picked it up and I didn't like it too much. 
it's just yeah. it threw me off because they try to make it like the movie version i do like the movie version of Sh- of shuri it's just that the comic book version is a different character and they try to put the movie influence in the character and the thing is they made her younger which is kind of doesn't make sense for me like i got it's okay to put the science thing there but don't make the character younger do not make her act like a like a teenager when she's a much more older adult in the in the comic books she's been around for you for a very long time and <laughs> do not de-age her this makes her look more weird don't make her more childlike and that's what the writer basically did and i didn't like that direction i mean you see her teaming up with young heroes like miles morales and miss marvel and it just seems out of place for me like she's teaming up with young heroes and i just didn't like the direction of the book and it was just kind of weird for me but yeah I, I noticed that it had low sales for this book and not sure i think marvel marvel is not gonna bother looking for a new writer of the book because it's not it was not selling well so they're probably just gonna cancel it yeah because apparently the writer is leaving because she's writing an amazon tv series called wild seed and she doesn't have time for it and she's writing her her novel that she can't announce yet so yeah the writers is dr nelly aquifer she's not gonna be available writing the book anymore i'm okay with this series going away it wasn't all that great i don't think it's worth making finding another writer for i think you should just cancel it <laughs> the next one is uh there's a new artist for marvel comics number uh seven yeah marvel comics presents number seven is vod rias and alessandro vetti or vitsi i think they're gonna draw for the winter soldier story and the iron man story for this this issue is welcome to the 21st century a new dawn for logan and his mission to stop the demon truth iron man's faces the biggest financial crisis lifetime and a hero reborn for new millennium the winter soldier returns in a brand new tale by dc pearson and alessandro vitti so yeah i do like this series i'm picking up constantly i like the Wolverine's um storyline that's going on there i really don't care much i never i mean not never i don't care much about the um the other stories that ends up being in there because i know they have stories of other characters but they never they're not good and the only good story is the Wolverine one and i want the other stories to be good but they're just not good for me the only one that's good there is Wolverine. i don't know why and i don't even that crazy about Wolverine. He, I think he gets oversaturated, but he's the. <laughs> but that's the only good story that keeps going on in the book. So I notice every issue has a Wolverine story, and then they have two other characters, and then the other the two other characters they always have subpar stories, and I'm like, ugh, that's kind of not good. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like what's going on with the Wolverine story. I hope this Iron Man and one soldier story will be good okay the next one is cat captain marvel is gonna have title called fearless number one is gonna have an all-female team uh, it's gonna have cat is it off it was an all-female anthology thing i guess and it's gonna have uh captain marvel invisible woman and storm okay yeah and it's gonna have writer kelly thompson and artist carmen canero and i think this is pretty interesting um so yeah i really i am really looking forward to this one 
because I do like Kelly Thompson as a writer. She's she's like one of my favorite female writers. I really like her Captain Marvel series. I like so. I'm looking forward to this one. I want to see how she writes as a woman in Storm in here, and I already know how she writes Captain Marvel, so I'm looking forward to that. And I like it, so I'm hoping it'll be good. And the art looks pretty good too in there on the cover, so I'll be excited to read this one. It comes out July 24, so it'll be. I think it'll be fun. The next one, all right. So the next one is uh, Shang Chi. There's two actors running up to be Shang Chi for the movie. Okay. Yeah, there's two actors that they're they have auditioning for Shang Chi and. Oh. According to the hashtag show website, apparently they have. This from Riverdale, so big from me. They have Ludi Lin and Ross Butler, which is two Asian actors. One with Lin and Butler have both appeared in DC movies. Lin was Merc in Aquaman, and Butler was the adult Eugene Choi in Shazam. So. Okay. Yeah, it seems because I really don't know. I don't remember him as Merc. I mean, Lin as Merc in the Aquaman movie. I think he had like a cameo appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was did, had anything anything important in there. So I don't know how to go based off of that actor. But um, Eugene, uh, the one that the one that played uh, Eugene Choi and Shazam, the Ross Butler. I think I'm looking forward to that one to be Shang Chi. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, because I. He can get pretty big. Yeah, I mean he was already he was already in the one of the transformation Shazam characters. I think he he worked out for that scene. I'm not sh- yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So. Oh, that's right. I remember him now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't sure you remembered him when you saw that movie. I remember him now. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they're gonna pull, uh, how they, if one of these one of these two actors is gonna pull it off. And I noticed they're both DC car, and they both for DC movies. So I don't think Marvel cares about where the when these actors were for DC. I don't because I noticed a lot of people were like, oh, they're never gonna sign up actors who work for DC and or writers who work for DC. And I'm like, that's just all bullshit. You guys. Don't think I don't think they actually care because <laughs> we have Joss Whedon who wrote I me mean, who wrote for the Avengers wrote Justice League like he rewrote Justice League and yeah I don't think they care people work for Marvel and DC I think they just want to hire people just to do these projects because people think that they just they're not gonna whoever works with DC is not gonna associate from Marvel and whoever works for Marvel is not gonna associate with DC but it doesn't work like that. I mean, for comic books, you, you have all the same writers. They they work in different across different publishers. I don't think it's gonna be any different for movie studios. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'll see how this goes. I wonder who's gonna win the audition. I'm excited. Though. Yeah. I hope it's good movie. I'm down for it. Yeah, I can't wait for the Shang-Chi movie. I really want to see what it's going to be about. So that's going to be exciting. Next one is, uh, is a new created scene for Rat Queens, which is another book I only read the first volume for, but I did buy the second volume and haven't read it yet. 
Yeah, as for my combo club, the Red Queens Volume 1, I did like it a lot. That's why I bought the second volume. But I didn't read it because <laughs> I had so many other things caught up and never got back to it. Um, I'm hoping to get back to it soon. I'm not sh- I hope the combo club picks it again. Like, the next book will be Volume 2. Because that will be exciting to read. So yeah, they have a new creative team with writer Ryan Ferrer and artist Priscilla Paratates. And colorist Marco Lesko. And that's a weird... I know his name rhymes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited for... I guess... I'm not... Well, I can't say I'm excited I just wanted to see um, home, what these new writers would come up with, because I know this is not the uh, it's not the same creator of this the creator of the series, and Cart Webby is not no longer writing the series, so apparently he's gonna pass it down to the letterer of the book. I don't that seems kind of weird for me, like the creator is not gonna write the book anymore. He's going to pass it down to someone else to write the book. He says they've been close friends for years, so... It seems like they're going to have... He's trusting him with the story, and... They think that he could pass it on, and... I mean, they think that he can actually write it better than probably they, they can, so... I'll see how that goes, I mean... So the original creators are not working in the book anymore, and they have having new creators on the book... So I'll see how this goes. I mean, I haven't read the rest of the volume, so I'll, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, I do like Red Queens a lot, and I'm hoping to read the rest of the volumes with my friends and and talk about it in the future. I just I just hope that these creators will be good because uh, I know they got rid of the first artist because they had controversy. And they had to use a different artist for the second volume. And I wonder how the second volume's book... I bought it, but I didn't really look at the art in it. So I'm not sure how much the art improved from there. So that's some things to look forward to. The next one is... um, What is it? Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy has a mini-series... Spinning off uh, Heroes in Crisis, and which is something I'm not really looking forward to. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they they said that Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are taking on the sh- on the show on the road. They'll have to invade invade villains, heroes alike, exploring their relationship, and unpack their time experience like sanctuary. So it takes place after Heroes in Crisis and the middle of Year the Villain. It's going to change their friendship forever if they live that long. And the writers will be Jody Hauser and the art is going to be Adrenio Mello. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be interested in this one because I did not like Heroes in Crisis. And I didn't like how it ended. It was just uh, terrible. Man. 
Yeah. I'm not sure this the, the story direction for this one's gonna be good because it's based off of Heroes in Crisis. And apparently, Poison Ivy got reborn into like some new version of herself because she gets killed off in the book, and she she ends up recreating herself, and she looks different. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the look of her. Yeah, she like a she looked like She Hawk, right? I mean, looks like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all diesel and stuff. Yeah, I don't understand why she's even shredded that that way. It's like, since when does Poison Ivy go to the gym like that? Like, try to be like bodybuilder. It doesn't fit right to her. I wouldn't cross her. She'd just, she'd fucking beat me to death. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need her clean superpowers. Yeah, she has some hard plants in there in her body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a weird look. And and they've got, like, the the movie, sort of like the movie look on Harley Quinn as well. Yeah, I like the look. It's fine for me. Yeah, I like the look for the movie. I'm really not into the the classic one. Classic one's a little bit. Is it the Arkham one? Yeah. I I don't know. The Arkham one was what the the dress one or the one. She has a little bit of dress skirt sort of thing. I did like it at the time. Underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I like more with the um the the pants like I know there's like an outfit where. She has pants, like it's Yeah. And it has like the Harley Quinn symbol on it. But yeah, I like that more. Yeah, yeah, I like her injustice outfit more than the Oh yeah, true. Than than the others. This one's okay, I mean Yeah. I mean Yeah, it's fine. You get more distracted by She Hulk standing next to her though. <laughs> It's only gonna be a mini series, so. Okay. I mean, let's hope it's good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Next one is, uh. Is Legion of Superheroes. Has a lot of freaking details. Apparently, it was a big news that was coming up. And it's like the big thing that's been going on. They're gonna make a unified timeline with with Commandi, Booster Gold, Omac, Tommy Tomorrow, and Legion Superheroes will be incorporated all to one unified timeline. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of timelines. Yeah. So I don't know how that that would work. And any more details about it? What is it? Um, it's gonna be an ongoing series. Legion Superheroes have an ongoing series called Millennium, and they'll each focus on a different. They have a host of artists each join a different character in the book, and apparently they have team ups with 
with Supergirl, so we think the character artists team up with Supergirl, Supergirl, oh, Jim Lee, Supergirl's Jim Lee, Batman Beyond, Dustin Nugent, Commandies will be Adrena Sarantino, and Tommy Tamara is going to have Andre Lima Giro. So I think it's going to be, um, the first issue is going to have, um, Team ups with Supergirl, Batman Beyond, and Commandi. And they have Jim Lee as the artist, Dustin Nugent as the artist for when Batman Beyond, and then Commandi's have Andrino Sarantino, and then Tommy Tomorrow's will be Andre Lima Ajuro. And then the second issue is going to have Booster Gold as Nicole Scott. I mean, not, not as, as the artist will be Nicole Scott. Omac is gonna have Jim Chung and then Off Worlds got Jeff DeCal and Legion Super is gonna have Ryan Sulk. So I guess each character in the books are gonna have different artists. And it's gonna be written by Brian Michael Bendis. So That's pretty Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do this. Cause they said Bam Beyonds would be there too and Bam Beyond is a different time period. I did mention this last time, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's more details about it, so I wonder how is it going to work, how they're going to put all timelines, all future timelines into one continuity. It's going to be kind of weird because Batman Beyond is a different time period than Legion of Superheroes, so are they going to merge to... <laughs> Time periods into one. I don't know how it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be doing some weird shit. And I hope it's good. I hope it's be interesting. And I saw the 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 designs of the characters. I'm not sure you saw them. Uh, I saw a couple of them, yeah. Because like Brainiac Five, Chameleon Boy, Cosmic Boy, Lightning Nad. And Saturn Girl. I never liked the... I mean, it's Shadow Last too, but... I never liked the names of the Legion of Superheroes. It's just... So freaking... Dated. (laughs) They could have just made the character... Call the character Chameleon. Call the next character Saturn. And then the next is Cosmic. And then Light... Lightning. Uh, Just... Just give them the... Don't put the boy or girl or lad... It just throws it off. It's just very dated. <laughs> Work a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only one I didn't mind was Brainiac 5's name, but all the other characters, is just, like the names never made any much sense to me. They, they sound like names that kids make up. <laughs> yes, that's. I guess that's probably the idea because they were, they are teenagers, but now they're. I think they, now they are adults. I'm not sure they're still teenagers, but but yeah. So I guess and then this is they said that Supergirl is one of the stories. Is Supergirl gonna be in the future with these characters? I don't know. I don't know what the hell is that all about, but I guess I'll see. And they had some interiors of the the art looks pretty good. I mean, it looks pretty interesting the artwork that they have here. I'm hoping it will be good. And they said they're going to redesign the Legion ring, which I don't know what they're going to design it to, but I guess we'll see what it's going to be about. 
I'll, I'll see. What, I, I guess they're going to redesign the rings. Isn't much about that. And apparently gonna, they're going to appear in Superman. Number 14 is going to come out August 14. That's I think they made that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's a V they'll be featured in two issues. I guess the whole story is gonna appear. The Legion Superheroes in the way says they're coming from the thirty second century. And it's like they they gonna merge Batman Beyonds, then I don't know how that's gonna work. Cause Batman Beyond is like in the still the 21st century, so yeah. I don't know how it's gonna work, but I guess I'll see. <laughs> and I, people are thinking that the idea of, because Bendis had aged Superboy, you know, Superman's son Jonathan Kent, like he super aged him, and I people are thinking the idea is to have him go to the future with the Legion of Superheroes and him it's like thinking that he's going to be in that book and it's going to be him as like a Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes kind of idea again but with a different Superboy character so if that's going to be an idea I think that will be interesting I don't mind I don't mind that they age him putting him there because I didn't like the idea of they um and like that Bendis had aged the character Superboy, I would have liked him to be still a child because I like the dynamic with him and Damien. And it's just like, yeah. now that he's older, he no longer has that, that relationship with Damien. So it's just like, yeah. it throws me off a bit. Yeah. And I will be, I'll be just okay with it now that he's going to be part of if the idea is to be that he's to be part of Legion of Superheroes, so I'll see how that works. Go ahead. You to say something? Okay. Um, no, I don't have anything to say. I, oh. I, 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 do, I, do, I do like um, I do like him being younger with that dynamic with Damien, though. Yeah. Okay, the next one is... The next news is... The Young Justice Outsiders have a new trailer. Yeah, the second half of Young Justice is coming out pretty soon, actually. It's coming out on July 2nd, so that's pretty much like next week. Yeah, so it looks like it could be pretty fun because they're going to be having the new gods and they have Granny Goodness on the trailer, so I'm pretty excited to see it. <laughs> Too bad, uh, you can't see it because because oh. <laughs> it's on the DC streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Look, I guess you can watch and review. I'll just I'll make up my mind based off like a poster. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do. For you. <laughs> oh, but I am looking forward to this season, this second half of the season because I saw the first half of the season and it's been pretty exciting to see Young Justice back. Okay, well, that's good for you. 
I know it sounds sounds like I'm being full of it. <laughs> like full of myself. The world or whoever can see it. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. Okay, I'll go to the next news. Um the next news is Marvel's having a Weapon Plus series. And things supposed to be a mini series. Okay. And it's something has to do with all the weapon weapon X all the weapon X programs and Wolverine and Captain America are gonna be involved in it. There's gonna be a secret history behind their their origins is revealed. In nineteen forty scientists attempt to make a man into a perfect weapon, a super soldier. They failed and made him into a legend instead. Before the turn of the century, they try again for the tenth time. They failed, making a man into a death incarnate. At long last, Ethan Sachs and Theogene's Nevius reveals the shadowy, connect- the shadowy connections between Captain America, Wolverine, and many more. Marvel use super soldiers, including some surprises. The conspiracy begins here. Man, it's a long as description, but yeah, seems it seems pretty interesting. Because <laughs> I know that um, both Captain, I mean, it was it wasn't it wasn't considered a Weapon X program before, but now they do. Because I mean, the Captain America. The Captain America Soldier Serum, yeah. The Super Soldier Serum, yeah. So yeah, it's part of one of the the first Weapon X. Well, Weapon 1. And then, yeah, it's part of the Weapon Program. So, apparently there's a list here of... Weapon 1 was Captain America, Prototide, and Queen... Why did it skip number two? Whatever. <laughs> Weapon three is skinless, man. Weapon... I think... I know it's skipping numbers. I guess because they don't have all the numbers. Whatever. <laughs> Weapon seven is nuke. Weapon X is Wolverine, Sabertooth, and Deadpool. Weapon eleven is Huntsman. No, it's le- Weapon twelve. Weapon thirteen is Phantom X. Weapon 15- fourteen is... Death for Chocos and Weapon 15 is Ultimon. Weapon 16 is Old God and Weapon Finney is Deathlock. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess there will be more secrets to be revealed about this one. So, I'm pretty excited to see what it is. See what this is going to be all about. Yeah. Cool. It would be awful. Yeah, it comes out July 10th, so that's yeah, pretty that's soon. Away. Not that far away. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is Black Widow has her new series. As we have five issue mini series. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's be written by Jody Hauser and. The artist is Stephen Mooney, and it's called The Web of Black Widow. 
The Fire Shimmy series coming out in September. And it's gonna it's a new series that finds a mysterious figure exploding the hero's past. It says who can trust his web of deceit and more importantly who can hurt friends trust her. So yeah, I guess it's is about Black Widow's past and more about who's trusting what who I think I don't know. It's so, like try and build up a little bit of hype for the Black Widow movie maybe. I think so, maybe because so. they had a Black Widow ongoing and then it didn't last that long. They had to make it to a five issue miniseries. I think they decided to make another one. Yeah, because I think they probably realized that Black Widow can't last in an ongoing, so they're just going to do miniseries for hers. Yeah. Because the last one was an ongoing, and they turned it into a miniseries. And I did like the last one. It was really good. I really was disappointed they got it ended in five issues. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> Like when it was only gonna last that long. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, Naughty made a second one that's gonna be five issues, and I just maybe that was Kate doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know what's up. I don't know why Black Widow doesn't sell that well. I thought she would be if she's in the Avengers, and I think she hopefully having her own movie will push the sales for that. I think it could. You think so? <laughs> yeah. yeah, surely. I mean, I'm surprised that she doesn't sell as well. As well, I'm. Su- yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think she'd do well. <laughs> yeah, she's been in the freaking movies for a long time. I don't know why she doesn't sell well. And they've been trying to push for her to have her own solo for years, and now that she's finally get she's finally getting one, so hopefully this will increase sales on comic books for her. I suppose we'll see. Because the other one was pretty cool. It didn't match up her. It was her killing. Uh, uh, it wasn't Majapur. A uh, whole bunch of like organized. Uh, Organization that was kidnapping children and using them like as slaves, and exactly. Black Widow team team up with some other woman that was um that that knew about this going on and she needed help. So yeah, they were it was two of them together trying to stop this. I guess it's black. I'm not sure it's called black trafficking. I, I <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were just trying to, they was trying to um stop this organization kidnapping children and using them as slaves. It was a cool storyline for five issues. I liked it. Nice. Yeah. So the next news is uh another uh, Harley. There's another black label that has to deal with Harley Quinn, and it's the same story as the other one, which is a retelling of of 
Harley Quinn meeting the Joker. So there's two black label books that deals with the same thing. And I'm like, how many different ways are we going to be able to tell this? It gets a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unnecessary. Yeah, because I, cause I know this is like, I know last time we discussed it, one that, and apparently there's going to be another one that deals with the same thing, but a different writer. I don't like, geez. And they're probably <laughs> both going to be bad. Because <laughs> this one is called Harleen. And it deals with the same thing. It's a, it's a real retelling of Harley Quinn to, um, talking to the Joker and when they first met. It's like, how many times you can tell this story? Jesus Christ. This is one thing I don't like about comic books. They just love retelling the origins of these characters. And it's just... It becomes boring because it's like we have like six, seven, or eight different versions of the same freaking retelling. And it's just. Uh, today I just read the Superman year one and that one was just terrible. <laughs> it was a retelling of Superman's origin from Frank Miller. And it's just. Uh, it really wasn't doing anything different. I feel like people know the origin of this, this point. Just stop. Yeah, stop these retellings. <laughs> and and there's always like contextual callbacks to it all the time in books anyway. Yeah. So what's the point of doing a a separate book that's like a graphic novel retelling the origin story? That isn't probably that much different than what the like. It's okay if you're gonna make it different, but if you're not, then there's no point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a bit stupid. Yeah, and this one is from writer and artist Steph- Stephen um, Sendrick. I like his art. Is apparently I just never seen him as a writer before. He's always done art, so I guess it's the first time I see him as a writer. So I don't know how his writing works. What? I don't know. I just Kane's hard of retelling this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next one is New Mutants One Shot. This will be from Chris Claremont and Bill Chiswanski. I think that's Senswick. I oh my god. <laughs> These yeah it's Senswick. Oh, episode Chiswanski. Oh god. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there's going to be a New Mutants one-shot called New Mutants War Children. It's coming out in September. The description says, strong and free. Don't miss this monumentous event. As legendary creators Chris Claremont and Bill... Just... uh, Whatever. Bill (laughs) Swensky... Reunite with Magic, Wolfsbane, Cannonball, Cypher, Mirage, Karma, and Sunspot to share this ne- never-before-told story of New Mutants past. When Warlock is a, a nightmare, he's being he begins going haywire and is up to his friends to save him. 
But as Warlock Warlock grows more frenzy, they should be worried about being able to save themselves and double, doubly so when magic inner demon dark shy threatens to break free. Also a, a special guest appearance by none other than Kitty Pride. Okay, that description was wordy. <laughs> I guess this seems interesting. I don't like the artwork. It looks pretty terrible. But maybe the story could be interesting. I don't know. I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I just hope it's interesting and... I'm not, I'm not too much of a crazy fan of Chris Claremont as much as everybody else. But then again, I haven't read the old school books that he's written. I just... The only old school book I've written that he wrote... I mean, that I've not written... That I've read that he's written. I mixed the words. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The only one he's, that I read that he's written was uh, Iron Fist. And I read his Nightcrawler series, like the recent one. And I... Nightcrawler was okay. It was decent. But it wasn't that great. And then Iron Fist from the 1970s was pretty terrible. So yeah. I don't know. Not so not sure people were very nostalgic of Chris Caremont. And I really don't fall into nostalgic traps. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty interesting they putting Kitty Pryde with the new mutants here. So I'll see how it goes. I'm not sure that the plan is to make a new mutant series because maybe they're trying to con- coincide it with the with the new mutants movie that's supposed to come out from Fox. But hasn't actually coming out. <laughs> they said it was gonna come because the thing is uh they're supposed to refilm it because they didn't like what they had filmed like Fox didn't like it and it was supposed to re-film it but then the the actors didn't have time to refilm it because most of the actors are in other TV shows like Stranger Things and Game of Thrones and they had to find a convenient time and they decided then the mer- whole merger thing happened with Fox and Disney. So Disney allowed them to delay the movie again. So the movie's not coming out until February 2020. So they can refilm it and then release it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't see any point of refilming the goddamn movie because it's probably going to crash and burn like X Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Cause I give us a good boy. Just move. Let's just move on from Fox's X Men universe already. We don't need to see any more of it. To be honest, it wasn't that great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure New Moons ain't gonna be that great either. No, I doubt it. At least for not for me, but yeah, because and I know there's there's Legion going on now, but 
on the TV series, and I don't like that show. I don't watch it. I only saw I saw the first two seasons, but I waited until they came out on Hulu to watch it, and they weren't that great. And now they have the third season, which is supposed to be the final season. So I'll wait till the season ends, then I'll watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I doing with Gotham, I'm actually watching Gotham, and I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Fox produces with comic books always comes out trash. They really don't know the source material. Um. So the next news is Aqualad is cast for Titans. It's yeah. It's his name is. Um, Drew Van Acker. He's from Pretty no Little. <laughs> Apparently, he's from Pretty Little Liars, which I had never seen. Yeah. So I don't know. He looks like he's from that show. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What if, whatever that show is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Aqualad is being Titans, and then. I mean. He's got he's got some long locks. He can do it. What? Yeah. Yeah, he got the long hair, so he just it's just not black. It's blonde, which yeah. I don't I, care. Or just Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so he'll dye his hair or something. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Cause uh, Black um, Scarlett Johansson is a blonde, and she dyes her hair red for Black Widow. This is true. Yeah. So, who knows what his hair color will be? Oh, the the big mystery. And when's the second season coming out like next year? Is that like, huh? When's the next season coming out? It's supposed to come out. It's coming out this this year's fall. Okay. Well then, we'll find out what color the hair will be <laughs> fall this year. <laughs> yeah. Get excited. So yeah, I haven't seen him in anything. Oh, the, I did see him in. I don't remember. My memory's pretty blank on that because I did watch the Training Day TV series, but I don't remember the character. Oh God! Because okay. that show came out two years ago, Gantz 2017. I did like that TV series, but it only lasted one season, which that was disappointing. Because I actually was, was enjoying it. Definitely haven't seen him in anything. I know nothing about him. <laughs> but, good on Yeah. Do great. Okay. Next one is... Agent Venom is going to be the Marvel Legends toy line. It's going to be the Agent Anti-Venom, actually. Yeah. Which is the one that was from the Venom Incorporated crossover. Yeah, the Flash Thompson gets the... He gets the anti-venom symbiote. 
which I did not like the storyline, but I thought is a I'd rather prefer him as Venom than anti Venom. And I want Eddie Brock to be anti Venom. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool design. It was just it was the same design as Agent Venom, but just white and black instead of black and white. Yeah. So yeah. I just wish the character was alive still. I didn't like the Dan Slot decided to kill him off. It's like whatever. <laughs> yeah, because he gets the he gets the agent anti venom suit and then like they kill him off and like like two months later. And it's like, okay, well, what was the point of that then? <laughs> like you let him become anti venom and then you just kill him off. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's only for a storyline purpose. That was it. But the toy looks cool. Looks pretty interesting. Even though I do like... I do like more of the... um, Diamond Select... Excuse me. The the Marvel Select um, toys much better than the Marvel Legends. Because they're more... The Marvel Selects are more detailed than the... Marvel Legends. They look cheaper. And that's about it. Is there anything you think of the action figure? Um, look, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it looks kind of cool. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really mind either way. Oh. If I'm honest, I don't, I don't have many feelings towards this. Okay. I'm not gonna buy. It. I feel like it probably won't sell that well because who cares? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the people that will be buying these are probably just gonna want to get like a, a regular Venom or something, you know? I I like Agent Venom. It's just that I prefer the. The select, then the legends. That's it. Yeah. Okay. The next one is in September. There's gonna be a Shazam who laughs this September, and he's gonna appear in Batman and Superman number two, and it's gonna be the dark multiverse of the Flash. Not Flash, Shazam. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Flash. I just said <laughs> that by accident. But yeah, they're making a Shazam who laughs. That's actually pretty cool. So I guess it's supposed to be a evil. Yeah, it's supposed to be a darker evil Shazam. His design looks pretty cool. Let's see how he is. Is that? I'm not sure because I remember each character of the Dark Multiverse is supposed to be a Bruce Wayne version of different characters. Like it was in the Dark Knight's Metal. I liked it. The storyline. It was a very good book, and they had like. Bruce Wayne as the Flash, Cyborg, and who else? They had uh, it was like a Wonder Woman like character, but it was it still a man? But he was like more like a a god almost kind of thing. And then yeah, yeah they had each they had a Green Lantern, Bruce Wayne, and so they were all Bruce Waynes with different Justice League heroes. And I guess this was be Bruce Wayne as Shazam. 
and right. yeah, it's also an evil universe. So I guess it's also like an evil version of Bruce Wayne that becomes Shazam. So I like to see. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be cool to see that happen. Yeah, that could be really cool, actually. I hope they do a good job. I just noticed that uh, it's actually a evil bully, Billy Batson because I looked in the. It is evil Billy Batson. Okay. Yeah. Either way, I'm. I want to see evil Shazam. That could be cool. And yeah. The next one is Scooby Doo Team Up and Teen Titans Go. Comic books have gotten cancelled. No. <laughs> and they're ending in September. How could you cancel Scooby Doo? I know. I'm kind of, the Scooby Doo Team Up book, I guess it stopped. They're, they haven't been selling well, so they started ending them. I'm kind of disappointed because I liked both the Scooby Doo Team Up comic book and the Teen Titans Go comic books. They were. They're one of my favorites, and it's so sad to see them go. Yeah. Scooby-Doo team-up is ending at issue 50, while Teen Titans Go is ending at issue number 36. Which is what's interesting for Scooby-Doo team-up's final issues would be Batmite and (laughs) Scooby-Mite. So yeah, there's a Scooby-Mite. I can't wait to see that. They team up with Batman and Scooby-Doo. And they're going to save the Infinite Earths. The League of Batman and Society of Scoobies. So that's going to be pretty fun. I'd like to see that. And the Teen Titans Go is going to have something to do with Power Brokers. And Robin decides to team up with more motivations to learn new skills. He designs a bunch of merit badges. What happens to a team member who feels like they're without merit? I guess it's something like something about merit badges. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of sad to see these series go. Oh, now I know what merit badges are. They're just badges with made out of cloth. I really am sad to see these two series go because I was really enjoying them. Now I won't be reading them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find out that there's a via a Scooby Doo team up like cartoon coming soon. I read that right after I found out they were getting canceled. They canceled the comic book, and it's like great. You have a cartoon that's just like that coming up <laughs> on Boomerang, and okay. yeah, I'll talk about it more in the next podcast because I found out like this week. It's pretty interesting to talk about later on. Okay, so now we're talking about the book reviews. Let's do it. Okay. Is he going to go first? Uh, I can go first if you want. All right. Go ahead. um, This week, I I didn't read a whole lot because I was finishing exams and stuff, but uh, I did read both volumes for The Court of Hours, Batman. Uh, Scott Snyder's new 52 run. Mm -hmm. And it's very good. It's different, especially the first one, where um, they like take him to the maze, and that gets really insane. Yeah. Um, have you read it? You yes, know? I did read it. I just letting you speak. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty trippy. I think it's it's very different and out there, and I, I like it a lot. I think uh, Scott Snyder, at least back then, I haven't read any of his current stuff, but at least back then he was incredible on the batman runs so. oh yeah he's was really incredible with the batman's run i, I kind of miss him writing batman it was really good <laughs> yeah 
I loved all his. I loved all. Of, um, I'm not sure how many volumes it is, but uh, I was picking them up to single issues, and I have. I really did love the Batman runs of Scott yeah. Snyder, and I know he. I did find out that he wrote a pre-52 storyline back then. It was called Black Mirror, and haven't read it. I never read it because I I jumped back into DC comic books when the new 52 came out, and yeah. that's when I started first reading Scott Snyder. So yeah, I I love the Court of the Owls. I I have the book. I have the first volume signed because I actually got it print in print, and I got it signed by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And I had I have a. That's cool. I also have a Year Zero um poster that's signed by them. And a Batman action figure too. Yeah, cause uh, I went uh, I went to a signing with my fr- with an old friend of mine, and um, yeah, they had like a signing in in the Barnes and Noble in New York, and I got I got those signed by them. It was pretty fun and cool. I actually liked it that day. It was nice talking to them for a little bit. There was like a long line of people signing, so they couldn't talk to yeah. they couldn't talk to the fans that much. <laughs> Yeah, all I had was like a small talk. That's still pretty cool, man. Yeah, and they loved my Batman shirt and <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Greg on um, Greg Capullo was punching my bat symbol with, and when he took the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it was pretty fun just to see them in person. It was exciting, and I'm hoping to see them again one day. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're good. I'm I'm a big fan of their Batman runs, and um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure if he stays on for a lot much longer after the Court of Hours, but I think so. Yeah, he does. He's uh, yeah. he stays until um, I think is Batman number fifty, which is the End Game storyline. That's his last storyline with Batman. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to read a lot more of his runs because the only one I didn't like was so unique and just good. The only run I did not like was uh, it was after the End Game. There was a a separate book called All Star Batman, and I did not like that one from Scott Snyder. Okay. Because that only that one only lasted 15 issues. It was ongoing, but it wasn't selling well, so it only made it last 15 issues, which is pretty bad for a Batman run. And I thought I was thinking that at that time. He finally ran out of ideas for Batman. And it wasn't as good as his Batman run. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I am liking this Batman Last Night book that's been... The only first issue came out. So I'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, What you think of Batman's um brother? Uh, what is it? What's his name? Uh, oh, um... I know it's Owlman, but... Yeah, he's the uh Oh yeah, Thomas Wayne Jr. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty that was very out there. <laughs> I don't know, but I still have the belief that he, that's his actual brother cuz he noticed that Batman was in denial that that's his brother. And, he, and he's like it there's a chance that he's not, but they hint that it could be. It's it's a bit left it's left open. Yeah, I know it's left, oh, it's left open, but I like that the reveal that he actually is his brother. 
and Bruce is just being stubborn and in, in denial. I think it's a I think it's a good link to his past, and that that's gonna that'll that'll mess with him for a long time. Yeah, because I heard some people didn't like that uh like the idea of that being his actual brother because it makes us it makes it seem like Martha Wayne is a bad mother for for yeah. doing the things that she did to uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. But I like to see that I like that because it shows that Bruce's Wayne's parents were also flawed they weren't the perfect parents that everyone thinks they are no parent is perfect and that's why i like the idea of having that yeah so and they did their best to try to save him i mean they they put him in a hospital to cure him and yeah yeah they weren't totally abandoning him <laughs> yeah yeah i uh yeah, it, it's. I, I I suppose I can understand why some people wouldn't like it, but uh, they also they don't give a definitive answer, so I'm I'm open to it. Oh, and did you like the Court of the Hours um origin or concept? I did like uh, it. I I think it's really cool. Yeah. I just. I think it's really really cool. Um, it does. It feels very sudden though. I thought. Oh. <laughs> it was a bit sudden, but. No, I thought it was very cool. I like it. I wish they just dive more deep into it. Like, I would like to know how it actually started and yeah, how did it last so long? And because there's this, there is they give some details, but not all of it. And yeah, and this it's very, yeah, it's very mysterious and secretive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they don't really give a lot away. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, there's another there's another character that had his own series called Talon. Yeah. Yeah, and he's supposed to be like he, I I don't remember, but he was a uh, he was a cool character, and I was kind of disappointed. It only lasted eight eight issues, I think. It was a very good oh. series. It was some James Tanny the Fourth, and. I really did enjoy that series. And that character has disappeared. He hasn't come back since his own series. It's like, why did they yeah. <laughs> make the character disappear? I want to see more of him. And it's just disappointing that he hasn't appeared ever again. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, no, good book. Well, they're both good books. Great villain, great Batman writing. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to give a score, it's fine. <laughs> and um, the other thing I read was a uh, Greenland Re- Rebirth. All right. Five or six issue miniseries. Um, and at, it's when Jeff Johns first jumped on to Greenland. Um, and it's sort of. In, in all the Green Lantern stories before that, Green Lantern's become... He, he's been, like... He, I don't know. He's under control by, like, Parallax, and he's also the Spectre or whatever. And he's destroying... He's destroyed his city, and... Yeah, there's a lot of very bad runs before it. Oh. <laughs> not, not too strong. And so... Um, this miniseries is Jeff Johns basically resetting all that, uh, getting Hal Jordan back to becoming a Green Lantern. 
it's, it's pretty much just a soft reboot of the, of the Green Lantern story. Okay. Premium 52. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really, really cool. Um, they bring the Justice League into it and everything. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters. It's a big, epic book. And, uh, yeah, it started Jeff John's run. And that ended up going for, like, 15 years or something like that. Um, and so it's very good. Uh, it's a good jumping on point two for Green Lantern, I think, because they kind of go over his origin a bit and they give you enough backstory on the previous runs so that you probably could just start here for Green Lantern. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. Have you read it? I never read uh, the Rebirth. Yeah, the Green Lantern Rebirth. I have heard a lot about it because it's brought out this big event called Blackest Night and... Yeah. I never read it, but I heard so much about it. And I did read Jeff John's run on the New 52. Yeah. Because he has a run on the New 52. And it has Sinestro. Um, it has Hal Jordan. And he also introduces a new, new land, Green Lantern called Simon Bass. Which he's he's a Middle Eastern um, Green Lantern, and I thought that character was really cool. I love that character a lot. It was real different than other Green Lanterns. And then in his Justice League run, he introduced uh, Jessica Cruz, which is another Green Lantern. So I love that character as well. And those. So, uh, I really liked his mythology on the Green Lantern, the way he plays it, because it's like he he set it up. I mean, he met. I mean, he made um he made all the different lanterns, like the Red Lanterns, yeah. the yellow, yeah. the Sinestro Corps, and and he even set up yeah, it's different lanterns and. What made it interesting, I wish it was still like this, where in the new 52, everyone was a different lantern. I mean, you had Hal Jordan and John Stewart were both Green Lanterns. Then you had Guy Garner as a Red Lantern and Kyle Reiner as a White Lantern. And I wish it was still like that. I know they all became Green Lanterns again, but I wish it was still like that because they were more separate it wasn't more like the like they had it they all had a different feel to it they're like all separate and yeah they're a bit more unique yeah it'll be more it's more unique to have the characters have their own power sets instead of all them being the same yeah and it even got more crazy like Guy Garner eventually became a red and green lantern, and then yeah. that was pretty cool. I did like that. I mean, I know John Stewart's making jokes on his calling him the Christmas lantern because it's red and green, <laughs> Christmas colors. <laughs> and Guy Garner did not like that, but it was pretty fun to see that banter off each other with that. And uh, I also did like. Um, the idea of that, because um, I know they they in the end of Green Lantern Corps for New Fifty Two, they had John Stewart become a 
a pink lantern and green lantern, so it's green and pink. And they didn't get to explore it, which kind of disappointed me, because he gets the pink lantern ring at the end, and then the story, the the story, the book gets canceled. It ends, and when the book relaunches with a new writer. They never discuss it about him having a pink ring. It's just like never existed ever again. It's just I I would like they 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 dive more deeper into it because they barely have a male pink lantern at all at all. There's always all females, and I would like to see the concept of having a male with a pink lantern ring. So. It's just yeah. the <laughs> it's just the power of love. Anyone can have that. So yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see more yeah. of that. And I mean, I know Kyle Rhino was a, I mean, the White Lanterns that have all the um, lantern ring powers. So it was pretty interesting to see that. And as one thing I did. Because Kyle Reiner is actually one of my favorite Green Lanterns. I like him more than the others. I do like Guy Gardner second best. And then it's Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan. I really don't like Hal Jordan. But. (laughs) I do. I do like. the um, Kyle Reiner as a. White Lantern. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, this rebirth book—it's like it's all about like the return of Hal Jordan, but it's pretty much entirely from the perspective of Kyle Rayner, uh, John Stewart, and Guy Gardner. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out someday. But yeah, because I because I, I did read Jeff Johns' new Fifty Two Grants Run, and that was phenomenal. Yeah. Apparently that sort of like keeps the continuity of like pre fifty two or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I know some of the origins of rebirth. Yeah. By reading the new fifty two. Um, Green Lantern. So yeah. Uh, so I guess that's pretty much it for you, right? Uh, that's it for me. That's my two. That's my two reviews. <laughs> okay. Both very good. I recommend them. So now is I'm gonna read. I'm gonna talk about my books that I read for the week. Let's get into it. So is the first one is Age of X Men Apocalypse and the Extracts number four. And. I really did like this one. It was about uh, Genesis fighting Omega Red, which is Genesis like the clone of Apocalypse. Yeah. So yeah, he was fighting uh, Omega Red, and and uh, Omega Red was talking about his the memories that. The world he's living is fake, and he was trying to like tell him what that he shouldn't believe in um, Apocalypse's um, Messiah or his faith, because the thing is, uh, in this alternate universe that um, X Men has created, he's banned love, and 
Apocalypse is trying to like he's like trying to be the good guy and and trying to liberate people saying that this is a fake world and you should have your right to express love and yeah <laughs> you can love whoever you want it doesn't love you love doesn't make you a bad person you're not committing sin if you fall in love with someone because that's what x-men did he was banning sins from people so that's what pretty much is that it was that Genesis wasn't believing that Apocalypse was a bad person because he he showed that the people should express love. But Omega Red was getting memories of the original world where he was a villain. And he was talking about how Apocalypse used him for the um for horsemen and he thinks that this Apocalypse is just playing the good guy in this universe who, like, is all a ploy, and he's just, he's trying to find a way to trick the X-Men into thinking he's a good guy when he's not. Because they don't know, they don't remember, like, they know it's a fake world, but they don't know that in the original universe that he's a villain. They they don't, they're not, they don't know about that yet. Mega Red apparently does. He thinks that they he's playing a fool's game with that. And he eventually uh, kills Genesis, which is pretty sad. They end up getting both killed. Because Genesis ends up killing Omega Red, but Omega Red also kills him too. So it's like a double kill. <laughs> so yeah. We also find out in the end, for some reason... We also find out that Apocalypse is working with X-Men, which was a really crazy plot twist at the end. I was not really yeah. expecting that. Okay. And I don't know what's the game plan. Like I, So Omega White Red was right that that they were... That he's tricking everyone for some secret plan. And I guess they're going to reveal it in the next issue. And... And iBoy, you do see that there's another mutant that can, he's caught, he has the powers of to see everything. Like, he has a bunch of eyes in his um, body. And he sees that uh, Apocalypse is actually working for X-Men. And he wakes up looking all scared. I'll see how that goes and see what, what the hell is going on. Because I thought... Apocalypse wasn't I didn't know he was working for X-Men and it's just pretty interesting plot twist and I really did like it. I gave it a, a 8.0 so okay. It was real fun to see the story. I really like the Age of X-Men storyline. It's pretty fun and it was exciting to see the plot twist for this book. The next one I'm going to be talking about... Oh, and also they had like a little love story between Colossus and and Kitty Pride, Which is I also enjoyed too. Because I like them seeing... like them being together. And I thought it was pointless for them not to get married. I hated that, that story. They, they set up the marry for it to not happen. It was just like another Batman Catwoman thing. It was really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Marvel was also using marriage as a marketing tool. It wasn't just DC doing that. People were hating on both of them when that happened. 
<laughs> so yeah, the next one is I'm gonna be talking about is uh, Age of X Men, Marvelous X Men number five. Okay. Which is a final issue of it, the mini series. So it, I like this story. Then the, the X Men find out that that the world is fake because one of the mutants ends up getting killed and they find out that uh x-men is behind it all he's the one that's been creating this alternate universe he only did it to uh to make a better place for them and they noticing that he's he's the one that created this universe so they've been going after him and you also do find some story of him and Paco's working together but you don't find the full details it was it was pretty fun story i I still I like this one too. I give it an eight point out. It was it was pretty good because you see Jean Grey figures out that Bishop has been erased from the universe, and the X Men are wondering where he's at, and they they find out about that. So they find out him being in prison, and they notice that he doesn't exist anymore. That X Men erase their memories just because they had fallen in love. So it's a pretty good story that they finding all the secrets of X Men, what he's trying to do to them in this alternate world of his. It's pretty good to see the characters react to that. It was really fun. I was kind of sad that the Monet character dies because she was a new character. I wanted to see more about her, but she ends up getting killed. That's the only disappointing part, but. It was fun yeah. overall. Okay, nice. The next one is um, Champion. Oh no, that's not the next one. Is Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-three? I did not like this one so much. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because this one it makes me want to drop Spider-Man again. I'm thinking about it. Because. Yeah. <laughs> I was liking Spider. I didn't like Spider-Man until the Haunted storyline. This is what made me want to pick up the book again. So now this is the epilogue of the Haunted storylines. Just it was mostly wordless. They like only had pictures mostly in this issue, so it was pretty quick to go through it. I mean, they did have words, but not that many. It was mostly just pictures and. I really don't like it too much because some writers do know how to tell a good story with just pictures, but some writers don't. And this yeah. one wasn't so like wasn't so great at telling that. I didn't like it that much because the clone of Craven, he he actually becomes Craven, like he's actually uh starts wearing the same clothes as Craven, like he doesn't become a new character, he just becomes Craven. And I'm like, what was the point of killing the previous Craven then? Uh. <laughs> That is so boring. I mean, like, he just becomes the same character as his so-called dad. Like, come on. Yeah. That was so boring. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he decides to put the same clothes on. Like, he, he like, reads the letter of his father that his father wrote to him, and he decides to become Craven. He puts the, the clothes that his father um, had, so... Yeah, even though he is a clone, he sees Craven as his father. I don't know. That's just the way it is. But yeah, he becomes Craven the Hunter, and it's just he sees himself as Craven, not the clone of Craven. So it's just like ah, 
he's not really a new character after all. So that just really disappoints me. And um, also on the story, also on the story, uh, Spider-Man, he wants to go, he wants to go check up on Mary Jane because um, he lets the Marvel heroes take care of the villains because the villains, after the Craven thing happened, they escaped and they started wrecking, making havoc, and the the Marvel superheroes arrived just in time and. They let Peter Parker go and and go check up on his um, Mary Jane. What's stupid is that when Spider-Man enters the apartment, he sees uh the window is cracked and there's like blood on the floor, and he's like all worried, like oh my god, my vision was coming true, because <laughs> in the haunted storyline he had a vision yeah. that R.K. was giving him that. That Craven has plans to kill Mary Jane. He go when he goes to the apartment after the whole thing's over and sees the blood and the the glass window broken. He Mary Jane comes in and she's like, oh, it's like because he's like all scared of what happens to her, and she you have the you see the blood on her arm and she has like like a towel over it and. She said that oh I tripped and, f- and had my arm caught on the on the glass window, and this is like wow that is so freaking stupid. <laughs> yeah, cause she she said that she slipped on his costume, and that made her trip, and the um her hand got cut from the like she. Her hand fall breaks the window and and there's blood on her on her arm and it's just way too over the top and stupid. It's just no one's gonna trip and just have their hand break the win the gla- the their glass window somehow and and have blood on it like it's gonna cut them. Like that's way too over exaggerated. I don't think windows break that easily with just an arm. <laughs> I don't think I can't even do that. I can't even just trip and have my arm break the glass, break a freaking window. A window is much more harder than that. That just sounds stupid. And I would have liked it the idea of maybe the craving clone actually going after Mary Jane and about to kill her and is up to Spider-Man to save her. I would have wouldn't mind that idea happening, but they want to catch you in the stupid surprise that oh my god it didn't happen. That whole vision was just a stupid scare of something not happening. I really did not like this issue. I gave it a five. It was pretty bad. I didn't. Why from it? I don't think I want to pick up Nick Nick Spencer's Spider-Man again. Like it was a great story. But it and the epilogue was just really bad. Yeah, okay. And I don't know what Craven this Craven clone that is uh this now that he's the Craven, what his game plan is gonna be. I really don't know. Yeah. So I'll see what happens in Well, I don't know, I'm not sure I'm gonna see what happens in the next issue. <laughs> it's just not gonna be for me anymore. So it goes that. Fair enough. <laughs> The next one is Champions number six. So yeah, this one is a War of the Realms tie-in. 
And this one was pretty decent. It was okay. You had the champions fighting the Valkyries. Because, yeah, the Valkyries. Because Valakiv was let the Valkyr- these, Va- these Valkyries um, have... He's supposed to give them a, a life and won't let them be used or abused or whatever it is. Yeah, because the thing is they were killed and they were living in Valhalla, but they want to be living on, on the... They want to be alive again instead of being ghosts. Something like that. And and they were fighting the champions and it was pretty cool. And they... They noticed that Miss Marvel has a dark secret, and the dark secret is that she feels uncomfortable fighting with the champ. She's feeling uncomfortable being the leader of the champions because it's this dark secret with Miles and and Amish Cho because they made a deal with Mephisto to bring her back alive. Her and Viv Vision, which is Vision's daughter. Yeah, they they end up getting killed in some battle in the previous issues. Miles and Amish Cho decide to uh, make a deal with Mephisto. Apparently, they don't pay consequences for making a deal with the devil. I guess you'll find out in future issues. No, no, no. The the deal, they did reveal the deal. Ugh, this is, I didn't remember. That one of the people they were saving during that mission ends up getting killed. Instead of Miss Marvel and Vivision. So... That was the, the the consequence they had to pay, and Miss Marvel did find about that, and she didn't like it. And in this issue, by the end of the issue, she decides to quit the Avengers. I mean, not the Avengers, um, the Champions. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty interesting to see uh, Miss Marvel go through her emotions of not wanting to be leader anymore. She doesn't want to be in the part of the team. I wonder what's gonna happen in the next issue, like. Who's going to take over Miss um, Marvel's role of being leader? Is she permanently leaving the team? I don't know. I just see what happens with that. They do defeat the Valkyries. And it seems like Hela is going to do something to them, I think. So I guess I'll see what happens with that later on. I'm not sure when. It's, it's not The story's not finished, as I can see. It was a pretty good story. I gave it a 7.5. It was pretty average. The art is not so good. That's the only disappointing thing about Champions. Like, ever since the relaunch, the art has been really bad. And I really don't like it. Okay. But the writing is really good. I really enjoy the writing for Champions. Jim Zub is actually doing a pretty good job for it. I just wish the art was better. <laughs> And maybe, I'm not sure, but I don't know how long can the bad art actually hold the book. Because this one book that has bad art and is a good book is X-Force. And love the story for that book, but the art is terrible. And it's only lasted 10 issues. It's going to be like, I'm going to read the next issue in another month. And I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> It's like, god damn it, the bad art actually made the book failed. So, <laughs> it might happen to champions as well. They need to get better artists. That's... <laughs> I don't know. I guess bad art doesn't really make the book sell well. So yeah, that one was fun. Okay. The next one is going to be... Um, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 7. 
I did enjoy this. It was pretty much okay. There's like a little story where um, Aunt May and Uncle Ben teaches Parker to to help the homeless because they have no one else helping them. So he gives he gives them money and I guess that's what he learns about the value of helping the homeless. They go to the fast forward to the future and someone attacks a homeless man and Peter Parker stops him and takes his money and give it to the homeless guy. <laughs> so yeah, and he goes he he invites the homeless guy to an event that Aunt May's having where she invites a whole bunch of homeless people to uh a, a, like a, some shelter place and it's about helping the homeless and finding ways to to help them and uh a villain like something happens like there's a whole fire in the homeless shelter area and they trying to find out who actually caused the fire to happen and no one knows <laughs> i guess i'll find our next issue and Boring and Prowler are actually there and trying to help what was what is going on. I actually like this one. I gave it an 8.0. It was pretty fun to see something about something positive, I guess. I mean, liking you know liking the aspect of helping the homeless and Aunt May and Peter Parker trying to find a way to help them out, coming up you know a better actual place for them to live at. And, it was a pretty good story. It's very touching. I liked it. And I wonder who actually was who tried to burn the place down. I'm gonna I'm excited to see what the next issue will be about. I like that Boomerang's actually helping and seeing only trying to help Prowler and and um, Spider-Man to see. I mean, helping the homeless escape the fire and see who's actually. <laughs> Who's actually causing the fire to happen. So I guess I'll see what happens. Next issue. Alright the next one is Ironheart number 7. This one I actually enjoyed too. It was about. uh, It was a team up with Ironheart and Wasp. Which is not not Janet Van Dyne. It was the other Wasp. Which is Hope Van Dyne. Or Hope. I know her, her original name was pimp but now that janet has adopted her she has now janet's last name so now it's whole van dyne um so yeah they teaming up and they going against this because uh, they find out there was a zombie virus infecting certain people and it deals with technology it's much it's like um dc's kind of thing but I really did like this one. It's much more better than the seas. And they find out the villain that's involved is named Eclipse. And they they fight them. And not they fight the, the Eclipse villain. And after they feed her, the everyone goes back to normal. And that's the end of the issue. It's a pretty fun filler issue. Because I noticed that's what it was. And you do find out the Eclipse was part of the... What organization was it? It's a the Ten Rings organization, and which is a Mandarin organization that's from the Iron Man movie. And I guess we're gonna find out more details about that in the next issue. Yeah, because I think I'm not sure Ironheart is gonna end up fighting the Mandarin, 
but that's where it's leading up to. It's like, because last issue she met up with, no, not the last issue, but the previous issues, she met someone that's also part of that organization, and now she found two people who's also part of it, and it's it's pretty interesting to see that. So like that. Ironheart's potential love interest, Xavier. He actually went to go help Ironheart and Wasp. Apparently, um, <laughs> Ironheart wasn't cool with him helping because he has no powers. But Wasp said that he doesn't need to have powers to actually help out. So I thought that was pretty interesting that she convinced Ironheart to think the other way. So it was pretty much fun and... I enjoyed it. I gave it an 8.0. Yeah, it was pretty enjoyable. I like this Ironheart series. Eve um, Ewing is actually doing a pretty good job with her. She did much. She's doing much better than Bendis has ever written that character. And Bendis actually made that character, but it wasn't. He wasn't really making her that great. I really liked the way this writer writes her because she actually writes her smart. It seems like she actually knows her stuff. So it's a pretty good book. I like it. Next one is is gonna be uh, is Spider-Man Life Story number four, and this one is like a it's just a alternate universe from Chip Zdarsky, um writing different stories of. I mean, not different. He's writing Spider-Man as like is timed by uh is actually is actually uh going. In real time, like Spider-Man actually ages, and this one is is yeah, this one takes place in the 90s. You see Spider-Man in the 90s, and uh, is he's fighting Doctor Octopus. You see, you also see Peter Parker's company is falling apart, and he's trying to let, let Tony Stark take it over. They get into argument, and Tony Stark leaves, and yeah, Peter Parker ends up fighting Doctor Octopus. And he gets Octopus Octopus ends up lock um putting him trapped with Ben Riley, which is the clone of Spider Man, but yeah, so in the story you see that Doctor Octopus is working with um Harry Osborne. They're trying to the thing is Doctor Octopus wants a new body. He wants to have Either Peter Parker, um, Peter Parker's body, or Ben Riley's um, body, so it could be a young man again. You find, I mean, you do find out that uh, that Ben Riley is supposedly the real Peter Parker, and the Peter Parker is actually the clone of Ben Riley. Right. Okay. Well, this is another plot twist, which gets me annoyed, but I'll describe it soon. Uh, Doctor, I mean, Harry Osborn tries to stop. The thing is, they end up escape. Ben Riley ends up escaping and gets pissed off, and because <laughs> he finds out he's the real Peter Parker, and he gets pissed off and attacks Doctor Octopus, and Doctor Octopus fights back and ends up killing Harry Osborn because Harry Osborn tries to stop the fight. Yes, Doctor Octopus ends up escaping, and Peter Parker lets Ben Riley actually be Spider-Man because. Since he's the actual Peter Parker and he's the clone. And then Peter Parker actually goes to see uh, Norman Osborn. And he tells 
him to leave him alone because apparently he was the one that was working with Dr. Octopus and he told Dr. Octopus that he is excuse me that he is the clone of he is the actual clone of Peter Parker and Ben Riley's the real one but then in this part when he when he, they're talking about that he says I don't like I don't like that you told that lie to Dr. Octopus to Norman Osborn that he is the clone when he's actually the real Peter Parker plot twist Ben Riley's actually a clone he actually Peter Parker lied to him and it's just this whole dun 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 thing it this plot twist yeah. thing is really annoying real quick it's like also oh, the other plot twist was not really a plot twist this is the real plot twist and it's just like what was the whole point of that <laughs> so yeah he he ends up Peter Parker has him killing Norman Osborn and he ends up living with he ends up going back with Mary Jane because they had broke up in the last issue and now he gets to be a family again with his kids and while Ben Riley actually be the real he actually be, becomes Spider-Man but he thinks he's the actual Peter Parker when he's the clone still and I'm just like whatever so I gave this one a, a, a 7.0. I thought it was okay. I did not like it that much. It was just, I did not like the whole plot twist thing. It was just a mind fuck. That's what I was trying to do. Like, it was knee jerking me, thinking like the other one, the other story was a plot twist. No, the story later was a plot twist saying that. Oh, he wasn't the cl- he wasn't the clone. He's the actual Peter Parker. I just thought the whole plot twist was pointless. Like, why the hell did he do that plot twist in the beginning? If they gonna, it's gonna revert back to the originals that he's actually not the clone. And it's like what that was just pointless. He just he just trying to hit me over the head with something. <laughs> So it was it was okay. It wasn't as good as the last pre the couple of issues. I didn't like this was the weakest one. And I'll see how the other stories are because it's still got two more issues to go for this series. The next one is Superior Spider Man number seven. This one I didn't like so much either. <laughs> it was a War of the Realms tie in. Okay. The only one, it was Doctor Octopus, uh, Superior Spider-Man. He meets up with um, the West Coast Avengers when he fights the Frost Giants. So they find the Frost Giants, and um, it was okay. I just didn't like the whole ideas. Like the thing is, they try to teleport to New York, and they couldn't teleport to New York because. Oh, the laws of magic is not allowing them to, which I always think is freaking stupid. But the laws of magic is like, just just do the goddamn thing. Just let them teleport to freaking New York. <laughs> so, yeah. They, eventually, they eventually get there. They end up getting to New York. Like, it doesn't work the first time because the laws of magic and then it works the second time. I'm like, come on. Why didn't you just do that in the first place? This is one part that I actually did like was that um, Gwenpool was breaking the fourth wall. Because she said that she knows that this is a crossover event. And where the 
this is a tie-in. So <laughs> she was making, she was throwing jabs at at Superior Spider-Man being a legacy character, cause <laughs> yeah, he said she said that 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 usually new characters the writers didn't grow up with, or legacy characters whose freshness as she warns off, and it's like what the hell is like. Doctor um, Octopus like, what is a legacy character? And she's like, you know, ones who were created as a hipper, edgier versions of the pre- previous existing characters, but but just ends up making fans want the originals back. And it was throwing jabs at legacy characters and <laughs> how they they actually make the 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 fans who always want the original heroes to come back always complain about these legacy characters popping up and I kind of like that that's the only thing that was entertaining for the issue that's I gave it a 6.0 because that was like the only entertaining part of the book is Gwen Gwenpool breaking the fourth wall that was pretty fun but the story kind of sucked I don't know if I really want to read Superior Spider-Man any, anymore I really don't like it because I don't know. Do we? <laughs> I know. Spider-Man has been pretty poor this week. It's like, oh well. So yeah, that was the only entertaining part. Because I do see fans complaining about legacy characters. And I love le- legacy characters. It actually shows that the world is moving forward. And these characters are being looked up to as a legacy. And... I like that because that actually happens in the real world. I mean, not with superheroes, but with other, with parents. I mean, children taking the legacy of their parents, and it's just it would be very odd if you don't see that happen in the superhero world. So I always liked that concept, and the the, the hero becomes a symbol instead of just being a person. I like that. I'm gonna talk about Catwoman number twelve. I give this one a seven point five. This one wasn't all that great. This Catwoman issue. Um, it was just about. Cause the thing is in the last issue before the annual. Because this continues. from Not from the annual. But uh, the issue before the annual. Because the annual is a separate story. You know, for, for the series. So this one was was continuing from the other previous issue. And in this one, um, she made a deal with Pink. I mean, the last issue, made it, she made a deal with Penguin to steal an artifact so he won't kill her close friends, something like that. So she stole an artifact for him, and she gave him the jewel part, and she kept the other part. She um. Knows that there's something special about this item, and she doesn't know. Like there's some magical thing with it, and apparently she finds out there's another piece that she has to get from, and she ends up getting it from another auction. It's like a another because there's a, I guess the item that she got from Pink that Penguin's told is stole has a some type of interconnected pieces that you put pieces together and does something it's like some artifact that some magic artifact that if you put the pieces together it does something and 
yeah, she wins the auction. She gets the item. When she gets the item, some cops chase after her because they know about the precious item that was stolen. Because apparently it was stolen and was sold to an auction. And the cops find out and they start chasing after her. And she gets to arrive at home. She puts the pieces together. I'm not sure the cops are still after her, but she arrives at home and then she puts uh, the mask with this statue-looking thing and something activates. And I guess I'll find out what happens in the next issue. So Exciting stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It's just wasn't much in this issue because most of the issue, in the beginning of the issue was a car chase. And then it's like, oh, they tell you what happens before the car chase, and then it goes back to the car chase. And, uh, and <laughs> yeah, like it tells it tells what happens at the end in the beginning, and then they go tell what happens before the end. And it's just, I hate when they do stories like that. Yeah, I'd rather just tell what tell me the beginning, middle, and end, not end, beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> <laughs> the art was okay. I mean, it was pretty much the same. Um, there's nothing that's really dis- disappointing. I really like the art so far in the series. But yeah, I, I just gave it 7.5 for that one. Awesome. Yeah, the next one is Event Leviathan number one. This is the event that Bendis is written, writing with the organization. And the story starts with, um, this is like this building that had blown up, like some secret organization building that blows up. Batman and Lois Lane as investigating it, but they end up meeting each other, not knowing that they were there. There, he bumps into Batman, bumps into Lois Lane. They also bump into Steve Trevor, and Steve Trevor explains to what actually happened, like. 42 minutes ago before they bet they found this building that got and blow up because apparently there's another organization called odyssey that steve trevor knew about they deal with um making weapons with for the government apparently um leviathan went over there and decimated the whole entire freaking building like killed everyone in it except for steve trevor because Steve Trevor had like some force field thing that was protecting him. He had some high tech um, protective field that was able to protect him. And the whole building blows up and everyone dies in it except for him. He's he doesn't understand because the thing is the the shield attack he doesn't know where it came from for some reason it just appeared on and like a force bubble appeared to him. He said that. He's trying to figure out why they kept him alive and not everyone else in the building. I guess they're going to try to figure that out. And they also bump into um, Green Arrow because he went to investigate the area too. And you also see Question in the background, but he's only listening. No one knows that he's there. He's like being nosy with what they're talking about. They just, apparently they're going to... They're going to be a team of detectives and try to figure out what Leviathan is up to. And that's pretty much it. I gave this one a 7.5 because there's not much going on, but there's something that pulls me in and see what. Okay. Like, it's just the introduction of the story. 
And I noticed there's one, there is one girl that, because um, Steve, Steve Trevor had met a girl called Dr. Strand in Odyssey. And the funny thing is that we thought she was dead in the beginning because she was, she's supposed to die with the people that blew up in the building. But at the end, you see her talking to Leviathan. So for some reason, the guy who's in charge of Leviathan right now, I I don't know how she survived. So I guess they'll explain that in the next issue because they made it seem like she dies in the with the, in the building with everyone blowing up. So yeah, that's it's pretty interesting. So. Could be some good stuff ahead. Yeah, I I'm 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 intrigued by the event of about this Leviathan thing. I want to see what it's really all about. And the art style was okay. I mean, it was like very stitching, like stitching art style. But okay. it was mostly alright. We had some Alex Me- Melliv. He's the, he's the one that did the Jessica Jones when it first came out. The yeah. Yeah, Jessica Jones series. Yeah, it's like water, water painting kind of art style. Pretty yeah. different. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So the next one is is Justice League Odyssey number ten, and this one was was or was pretty good. I actually enjoyed this one. I gave it an eight point because uh, it deals with the thing is. The team split up. It was like Azrael, Jessica Cruz, Cyborg, and Starfire. They decided to split the. They decided to split teams. It's like Azrael, Jessica Cruz, and Cyborg and Starfire. They had to look for some relics for Darkseid. Mm. Yeah, they were teaming up and um. They split the team into two. So that's what they're doing for. So they can look for two artifacts. And they were fighting a whole bunch of alien, like alien monster things. It was pretty interesting to see the um, the conversations with Jessica Cruz fighting. I mean, Jessica Cruz and Azure were talking to each other, and she noticed that Azure was using his God Command powers to control the 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 enemies that they were fighting. And Jessica Cruz wasn't she wasn't okay with that. She felt like that's not a cool power to have. Because the thing is, Darkseid gave them some special powers. They have a fear that it's going to make them kind of evil and turn into something that they're not. As he said, he's only using it for good. So he says, you have nothing to worry about. But then he ends up using it on her a little bit. And he said he's sorry. It was on a, it was cause of habit. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, I wouldn't trust his power that Darkseid gave you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a great idea. I mean, knowing Darkseid. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they don't want to team up with him, but they have to team up with him to figure out what the hell is this, what's going on with the... Because Darkseid put them in a in a planet that think that think that Cyborg, Starfire, and Azure are gods. Okay, yep. They have to figure out what the hell the Darkseid do to make them feel that to make the people think that they're gods. Now they're looking for these relics for him. Because they said they, they, they're going to pretend that they're working with him and then trick him once they had the right information about these things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Starfire has also been over, like, 
she's been feeling like very dark of herself like she's been very she has like like very angry rage with herself and yeah cyborg makes tries to see if she's okay but she's she's things to have some anger issues and and he's trying to keep her in check but <laughs> yeah so it's something's clearly wrong with starfire and Azrael. they like being affected by whatever dark side did to them yeah is how to get the relics and piece them together and gonna try to I don't know. See what happens when they when they meet up with Darkseid, and they do end up meeting with Darkseid at the end, but it cuts off. So I don't know what's gonna happen after get to, after they get all the artifacts. I mean, they got all the artifacts, but I don't know what's gonna happen when they when they gave it to when they give it to Darkseid. They just give it to him and it cuts off. So yeah, it was a pretty good book. I really like the art here. It's pretty good art. Is much more better than the other issues because the other issues sometimes it doesn't come out so well, but this one was really good, well done. So I actually enjoyed this one. Nice. Yeah, I just didn't think I just didn't think that these team of characters would be done so well. I, I, it's surprising to see uh, Asriel, Jessica Cruz, and Cyborg and Starfire work together. It's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool team. So not surprised. Yeah, and I noticed Jessica Cruz used her military skills in this in this one, cause cause the thing is her her ring wasn't working, like it was barely on energy, so she had to use actual alien guns, and she was using her military skills, cause she used to be a soldier, and she had to rely on that. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting to see her use that. So I liked it. The next one is is Supergirl number thirty one. I think I'm gonna discuss this together. Superman thirty, Supergirl number thirty one, and Superman number twelve because they're they're connected to each other. They take place at the same time, which is uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to read both issues to get the story. Okay. It was one of those things. <laughs> yeah, and they both take place in the same time frame so you sometimes see the same comic you see the same panels from supergirl and superman and it's just not all not exactly but there's some panels that are the same okay but a different art style and it just looks fucking weird the way they (laughs) put it together and it's just i just wish that they put the whole story in one book and just put Supergirl and Superman, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think that's what I do, but... No, they make you I mean, spend more money. My brother's genius marketing. No, 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 buy more, buy more. <laughs> instead, of buying two, instead of buying one book, you have to buy two books. Yeah. <sighs> it's making you spend more money for the same fucking story. It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> So yeah, Supergirl, Superman, and Superboy, and Krypto—they all meet up with each other in space, and they're fighting. Cause Supergirl was in space, she was fighting like Rogo, Scar, Sar, whatever his fucking name was, and <laughs> yeah, like some Doomsday look like character. But yeah, yeah, he ends up being there and. 
there's another character that, that looks like an ice figure-like character called Gandaleo. There's also Zawa's also there. They were all fighting each other, so it's like a big space battle. And Supergirl tells, like, during the fight, there's something in between scenes where Supergirl talks to Superman and tells, she tells him why Rogal Czar was actually fighting. So, yeah, like, why he was chasing after Superman and why he hates Krypton so much because there was a, he was in, he was in, his planet was also destroyed and his human um the people his people were were used as slaves and some other plant yeah yeah he was his people were used as slaves and the world was blown up so he ends up putting revenge on krypton because krypton was involved in this it's like a there was like a whole some type of alien organization like a whole bunch of aliens meet up with each other and they decide what happens in their planets it's like some NWA kind of thing where 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 um whole bunch of worlds um whole bunch of countries meet up with each other and they decide what to do with each other so yeah they had a a circle of aliens or civilizations meet up with each other and apparently Gandaleo wanted to do something to Virgo Zard's planet and she she said she's the one that destroyed a planet and decimated like his fa- um his people were ex- like basically almost extinct and and she blamed it on krypton so they they he thought that krypton was the cause of this but it really wasn't and i don't know they, they said there's more secrets to be involved because uh in the next issue of Superman, um, Jor-El is going to reveal some secrets to Superman about himself. Like, everything's not all that it seems. Okay. Yeah, so... I give both of these a uh, uh, 7.5 because it's very messy. Oh my god, it's just... <laughs> the art for both books is just... is. It's very cluttered. It's just like you see a lot of action going on. And then the action stops because they have to talk. And then they go back to action. And it's like you don't even know what happens to Rogo Czar. Because Superman just like eye laser beams them. And it's just explosion. And they... they I mean, yeah, Supergirl, Super, um, Superboy, and Crypto, and Jor-El, they all... Go to talk in space about what's been going on, <laughs> and you also see Zod and Superman talk as well. Okay. Yeah, because um, Superman doesn't understand why Zod was ro- working with Zar because it's like he's the one that destroyed our planet. Why would you want to work with someone to destroy your planet? And he says that well, he doesn't know how to kill him himself, so. <laughs> and he's the one that got Zar actually got him out of the Phantom Zone. He needed he wanted to get out. Yeah, because he was locked, he was trapped in there, and he was the only way for him to escape. So they worked together just to get the deal of, of working there. Okay. So I don't know what Jor-El is gonna reveal. That's pretty much it. And. And Zod said that there's gonna be something coming up as well, but we don't. I don't know what's gonna be. What's that gonna lead up to? I guess I'll find out in the next couple issues. 
So yeah, it's it's pretty much okay. The action was everywhere. I don't know if Zar actually died because in both of the books they show the same exact comic panel and doesn't really explain it much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Superman just eye base like he just threw his eye lasers at him and it's just an explosion and then it goes to the next panel and it's just them talking and I'm like, did they just kill him? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what happens. The action was very cluttered, but I'll see how this story goes in the next couple of issues. I don't know. It was okay. I didn't like it too much. So I gave it 7.5. It wasn't terrible. It was just okay. Okay. So here goes those two issues. The next one is Incredibles 2 Secret Identity number 3. And I liked this one. I gave it an 8.0. It was the last issue of the series. I hope they make more of these because that should be like an Incredible comic books. Yeah. Um, I know that were a thing. Sorry. Yeah, they just started. <laughs> They just started making these comic books because uh, they had they take place after the second movie and yeah they had a I think I'm not sure the they had a first volume which only had like I think it's like three issues and it's the second volume okay. yeah so yeah so this one it was trying to finish off the story because uh the because the thing is um god damn it let me see if I can remember. <laughs> Oh god, I'm ch- I hate trying to remember characters' names. <sighs> oh my god, I'm gonna try to refresh my. M- I'm gonna try to look it up all the characters' names that were in this book. <laughs> if memory goes kafui. It's like really bad. So yeah, you have um Violet, the daughter. She, yep. yeah, because I forgot all the characters' names already. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she has a friend in school, like a new, a new student comes to the school, and we find out that she has powers too. And Violet and the and and the new girl ends up, um, I forgot her name already. Um, they end up. Ex- exchanging their lives like they find out about each other and find out they both have powers and become best friends and she finds out that her, her the girl's dad is actually a, a super villain and uh, who would have seen that coming yeah <laughs> and she actually helps her father rob the banks and Violet doesn't like that so the funny thing is that he starts robbing a bank and the Incredible Family actually find them and they are fighting each other and and they don't know that this is Violet's best friend from school. So, uh. <laughs> so they all fighting each other and it's, it's pretty crazy to see it happen and they stopped him and... Violet explains to the family who's this girl and what's been going on about her father being a criminal. Uh, they also on because I know there's a story where they find the the mother of the 
of the girl that, oh it was her name is rose now i remember and i see her yeah rose ends up finding about she finds out about her mother at there oh because the thing is when she because the thing is the the father decided to become a criminal because it was kind of like hard to support a family like he needed more money to support having a child with his wife and he started robbing banks and he couldn't stop it and the mother didn't like that so she just left so she abandoned her child (laughs) and let the child live with the father and they still be being criminals it's just kind of weird that after they put the father in jail uh they found the mother (laughs) So yeah, the mother that disappeared can now take care of her daughter that she abandoned years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of a little dark there. But yeah, because they was like wondering what's Rose going to do now that her father's in jail? Who's going to take care of her? And it's like, oh, her mom would take care of her. It's like, didn't her mom leave her? (laughs) So now she's back in her life and she's going to take care of her and at the end of the story, Violet ends up going to her play because the thing is she had to like cancel the play because so because something ends up happening, a, a bank is robbed and they had to stop it from yeah they had to get the father in prison, so they did that and went back to the play. I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> yeah, there's it's just weird because Dash. There's also a moment at the end. It's like Dash is like, yeah, now we just go home. And he's like, we're not going home. We're going to the play. And he's like, what? The play is still going on? It's like, yeah, they rescheduled it. And I'm like, that doesn't really go on in real life. <laughs> it's like, man, they're not going to just stop the play so you can do your superhero work. And then just continue to play afterwards. <laughs> I don't think that's how things would work, but they made it that way for them. It's like super convenient. <laughs> but I like the issue. It was pretty fun. I want to see, I want to see more books, comic books of Incredibles. It was a pretty fun story. And then now I'm gonna go to the last one. Is the life and death of Toyo Toyo um, Harda, which is a Valiant book. Number four. And I like this one. I think this is like the best book of the week for me. Because it deals with um, Toyo Harda. He he explains some past that happened in, happened in 1969. Where he had amnesia. And he, made, he met up with a whole bunch of hippies. And he made a whole new life there. It's also, there's like also the story in the present time. Because um, there's a character who they team up with. Like... Toy Harder had like a, a organization team with him, and one of them betrays them because they're all super villains. And they, once you have a team of super villains, one of them is gonna fucking stab each other in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so yeah, um, there's a character named Angela. She's like some crazy serial killer alien. With no eyes. She just has a nose and a mouth. <laughs> yeah like. She, her eye sockets are not there. Which is kind of weird. But yeah. she She's trying to kill the whole entire organization. So um, she's been going after them. killing, Trying to kill them one by one. 
and they discuss in the past and the present at the same time as the story is going on. So it goes back and forth every time. And I really did like the story because uh, it shows a human side of Hara that he wasn't totally always a bad person. Like, there's a point of time in the 1960s where he was a good person. And and the only time he was good was he had amnesia because he was someone else. He didn't remember the previous memories that made him into a bad person. So he had a totally different personality. And it's just... It's just kind of sad because towards at the end, he ends up getting his memories back. And his people that... Because he, he, he owns an entire like country. Like he's a dictator of. And the thing is, they came back and found him in there. Because they said that they needed him back. And he got his memories back and decided to leave the hippies. And what's messed up is that the... One of the hippies that he met, he found love with, and he had a baby with. So apparently, she had to take care of the baby herself. Right. <laughs> so it was kind of fucked up. <laughs> so I don't know what happens with that, with the baby, because they the the place everybody in the in the 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 town. Um, ends up disappearing and they're no longer there. So I don't know if they explain the next issue or what. And they think the people in the um, in Toyo Hart's organization, they think that uh, Toyo Hart is dead because he says he's dead. Because he ends because there's another person called Ingrid and he ends up, he enters her her memories because he has um he has telepathy. He's one of his powers and he has telekinesis. And he enters her brain telling her that he's dead. That Angela has killed him already. And she's going after them. So you have to try to survive. So they end up escaping on a boat. And I guess... I'm not sure if Angela's going to find the boat and end up killing them all. So... I don't know how tall your heart is dead. Because they haven't explained how he, he's dead yet. I'm not sure if he's just saying that or. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, Angela kills like like this one one of the aliens level called Level 99, and she like cut his body in half, and he's like dragging himself to escape. <laughs> so yeah, she's like murdering the whole entire organization and the people who live in the in the town, because they because the con I mean not the town like the country. They decided to tell them to go in a boat. They did tell the civilians to go to the boat to to see if they can live somewhere else because this alien chick is killing everyone. She's trying to take out the whole entire country and the organization out. It was pretty fun, so I gave us a, a 8.5. I really did like it. Okay. So nice. yeah. It's, I think it's the best book at Valiant right now because Valiant books are, haven't been that great. <laughs> so, I really did like this one. It sounds pretty out there, pretty different. Yeah, it's pretty different. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, that's pretty much it. I think that's it for this week. Nice, we've done it. Yeah, we finished. <laughs> so. Well done.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, so I'll see you guys on the next episode and hope you guys enjoy this one. And that's about it. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> see you later. <laughs>